I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Uh, I'm getting tired of the drama. Boss man said he would fire me. I told him I would gladly do the honors, so I just quit. Cause this work shit got my dreams on pause like a karma. But I'm still six figure fiending, bull city leaning, the California dreaming like the papas and the mamas. The stress is toxic, but thank God a nigga got direct deposit. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. Your host Rod and Karen. And uh, man, that's I don't think I ever heard Chris spit like that. Um, to start the show, man. No, that hot he, fire. He gives us some um uh like some some British Shakespearean type stuff, the man. But he, he gave us some, some new stuff, man. Um, but for everybody that, uh, doesn't know, but they already should know, um, the guest is comedian Chris Lamberth of the Mundane Festival podcast that you can find on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just went over a century with, uh, the podcast, Mark. Um, congratulations. Yep. Thank you guys. And thanks for having me. No doubt, man. Find them on Twitter at Chris Lambert and of course chrislambert.com uh Chris what's been up man I uh, just been uh doing the TPS reports and uh doing the the 9 to 5 you know 9 to 5 and doing stand up uh starting to do a little more road I have a booking manager so he's booking me on stuff so getting, yeah yeah I'm this that's pretty big for me and uh just doing some road gigs getting to like actually put together uh, some material and, and, and see how it goes by actually building an act. So I'm at that stage right now where it's like, you know, it's like I can do the job, but now it's like how to get better at the job. So mm. now how, I'm yeah, while doing it. Well, how, um, like as far as, um, the stand up and stuff going, like how has, uh, traveling been, you know, like doing more of it? Uh, it's been fun. I mean, I, I've, I had a, over the Christmas holiday, right after Christmas, I went down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina at the Comedy Cabana, which is a club down there and, um, got to do eight shows down there with two different headliners Woo-hoo! and work. Yeah. Yeah. And got to work with like in front of some real crowds, like, like it's, it's cause some of the danger being in New York or being in like isolated in a, in a certain, in, in one particular city, you're doing you're doing your act in front of like people that are kind of like you, or you know, and it's you can kind of get trapped. So it's good to like you know get off stage and somebody that like works with gears and shit that says, "Oh, I like I like your comedy. You're funny." You know, like everyday right. salt of the earth people, people that have like rent due and they're not like trust fund kids, <laughs> like they have like they have they contribute to society. Right. Not to say that trust fund kids don't contribute to society, but you know what I mean. People that actually, you know, work with yeah. a capital W, you know. Well, like so. Speaking of working, you know, you still got the nine to five. Yeah. Does anybody at your nine to five know that you do stand up? They know now. Like I think they pretty much like my. I have a had a new boss. Uh, she's. I think she's been there almost seven or eight months by now. And like, she already knew before I, I could even tell her. So it's probably people talk at work and stuff. And then some people, uh, saw me on TV. I did the, uh, access Gotham comedy live on access TV. I did like a nine minute spot on, um, on that show. And, uh, people that I didn't know knew I did stand up. Like, I saw you on TV, man. 
too funny. And, you know, <laughs> I was like, I didn't know you did that, man. And like, you know, so it's, it's, uh, so I'm famous guys. And, yeah. uh, what does it ever, you, I wonder if it's going to become a detriment at some right. point. Right. Did it be like, look, you taking too, too much PTO time or just like, you know, um, maybe you would got the reports in on time. Funny man. If you had been joking all the time. Well, I mean, I try to keep, uh, the whole like Clark Kent Superman thing, you know, I'll, you know, like I try to keep that like the, when I'm there, when I'm at work, I'm at work. And when I'm doing comedy, I'm doing comedy. Uh, I try not to talk about it too much, but, um, you know, it, it's just, it's just a balance. Mm. I let other people be funny at work. You know, you got, you got any, uh, well, I used to do the same thing with the podcast. Like, sometimes I would know for a fact, like, I'm the funniest person here. But then I would just be like, nah, it's not worth it. You know what I mean? Like the Oh, it's yeah. never worth it to all, me. All the stuff that comes along with being the funniest person in the room at your job just isn't, it's just not worth it. So Right, because you have to deal with different people, different personalities, different people. And the thing about, not not even comedy, if, if, if you actually... Depending on the business environment, if you are actually a, a person that makes people laugh or or anything in that genre, uh, some people automatically d- don't take anything you say seriously. Like that's like like, and that makes me angry. Just right. because I say a ha ha joke, motherfucker, I come in here with this report and your shit, dude. It, it ain't jokes now. Like you, we need to separate this. Right. Yeah. Hey, well, yeah. Go ahead, go Chris. Ahead, no, you go ahead, Chris. I'm good. Oh, I mean, I just um. I mean, so only when people challenge me, like not not even say like, "Oh, be funny," but if they say like, "Oh, how's your little comedy thing going?" Oh man, right? Yeah, and I say, "Oh, I was on TV uh, a couple weeks ago." Like when around right around the time when people would ask me, and I think it kind of got around the office that I was on TV, and they would be like, "Oh, oh, how come you didn't tell us?" Well, tell me next time that you're when you're going to be on TV, and I'm like, like "Yeah, nope." Like, right. yeah i'll tell you the next time in like four or five years when <laughs> <laughs> when i get a chance to get on another one of these shows <laughs> you know? it's just that that's the only time i feel like what i have to you know defend myself but i think one one time you know like there's certain people that um because i'm pretty quiet at work yeah, uh, me too. But, you know and i just kind of chill and um when people it's oh you know people would tell me about other comedians that they would go see. And I was like, yo, why are you telling me about you going to see this other comedian that I'm way funnier than? Like, don't tell me about that shit. Unless right. it's, unless it's Louie or like, you know, Bill Burr or some, somebody that's super established, but not some random dude you saw on. Let me, let me not, let me not take shots. Right. But, but yeah, let's not do that because it's not. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let me not be a dick. But they'll they'll say like they somebody saw my YouTube clip and said uh, it didn't tell me that they saw it until like a couple w- weeks later mm-hmm. and they're like oh I saw you on TV uh, I saw your YouTube clip of you that that was really funny uh, I was trying to figure out something wrong with it but I couldn't and then like I kind of wished it was me and I was like oh. All right. right, that's we have to deal with that too—the jealousy thing—and then you have yeah. to deal with the, the the cooler guy joke, dude. And the thing about comedians, which a lot of people disrespect, just because you can tell a one-liner zinger and everybody thinks you're funny, does not make you a comedian. 
you can't put together three minutes, no less five or 30. Like you couldn't string to get string this shit together, but because you make somebody crack out laughing one or two good times at the cooler, you the funniest dude in the room, but that's, but that's not the same. And that does not equate to you being a comedian. Yeah. It's, it's like different. Like Saturday, last Saturday, I did a, a show, uh, in Maryland, uh, not far from where I grew up, and it was uh, for this guy's. It was a private birthday party. This dude celebrating his 50th birthday, and I was the enter- the entertainment. And like it was, it was just like I was. That was the most nervous I've ever been for a show, mm. because it was just like it was just me. Like it was just it was me in a basement, and all I had was me. So. All I could do was just do me, and uh, it went it went really well, and it was just like, okay, like I kind of got something. It's just like I'm just noticing the incremental progress. Like I talk about it a lot on my show, and it's just like that's that's kind of what I'm going for. Like I can see the progress happening, mm-hmm. and I think when I did that show at Caroline's, that gave me confidence. Like that hour show at Caroline's last year was just like okay, you can do the job. Now, you know, it's time to really work and to really try to build and, you know, to grow as a stand-up, to be somebody that one day people can count on to say, like, when Chris comes to town or when Chris is in this in this show or on this movie or whatever he's on, like, I know he's going to deliver. So Now, do you, do you still, are you, because last time I talked to you, like, I'm not ready to do, like, an album or anything yet. Are you still saying you're not ready to start working on like an hour to do like an album or, or something like that? Yeah, I don't think I'm ready for an an, an album yet. Like it, it's mm-hmm. not some people some people put some out. Some people do it after they're five years in or uh, whatever. I think everybody has their time. I just think where I'm where I I'm not where I want to be yet. Mm-hmm. Like even though like even though if you were to see me, you'd be like, oh, Chris is funny. I like that guy you know, he's good, but like, I just, I just think that I'm in a place right now where it's like a lot, I got a lot, a long way to go, mm. but I'm having fun while I'm doing it. Does that make sense? I guess, man. But won't it always feel like that? Right. Uh, you know, like I, like I, I'm, I'm of the mind where you like do, I'd rather do it and just be like, well, my first album wasn't as good as I would like it to be, but I'm coming out with another one and I'm in this process of always improving rather than kind of wait too long on it you know mm-hmm. yeah i don't like i'm just not in the place like i want to have more i want to have more road and more experiences under me and there's things that i want to talk about that i'm 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 putting it together to where i'm mm-hmm. i can talk about it and make it funny like oh, if you okay. saw me for an hour if you saw me like for an hour you'd be like, oh like, I, I had a good time at that show right but it's just like i'm at a place where it's like Come, come see me. Come, you gonna get this work when you come to see me. Mm. Album wise, is something that like is gonna be here uh, when I'm gone. Like I want it to be, I want it to be special. You know, I understand. Yeah, it's like your first time. You know, like virginity. Like <laughs> you know, a lot of people wanted to be special. Me personally, I you know wanted to get it over with, oh, so that I could get keep improving. You know, work on the second and the third time. And there's a lot of stuff. That you really can't see the errors in until you get, you know, you just get in there and try it, man. So, yeah. um, you know, I feel like, um, you know, I obviously you have to burn a bunch of material if you do an album and then you got to kind of start over. But I feel like that's good for the process as well. So, 
um but you know i'll definitely be looking forward to uh when you get around to it man me too yeah i'm uh like i'm i'm in a good place where it's like i'm i'm happy right like i'm and i'm kind of content where with where things are going but i know like i know it's like i gotta i got a long way to go but it's like you want to find a way to make like jokes about killing cops funny uh that's the last that's the last frontier right there man that's the last front killing cops um victims of terrorism uh do you make those jokes man i'll that'll be the last frontier i got stuff that i'm working on but like it's funny how like some comedians will some of my friends will say oh you know i got like they'll write a post or or a tweet about oh i got a selma joke and just like just do the selma joke on stage (laughs) right just do it and don't you know like you don't hear rappers say oh i got this joke this this song about Mm-mm. this thing right. they just put the song out the good ones do the good ones do right. and like a lot of, <laughs> and even like the people like a lot of the people in the game that i respect that are further along than me i kind of watch how they move man like it's like the people that i respect and the people that i admire you know they kind of they carry themselves a little bit differently Mm. uh and it's not to say like just because they do something a certain way that it's gonna work you know it's gonna work the same way for me but i actually see the people like that when i first started that were a couple years ahead of me that i see them i see them eating right now Mm. and i see i see like where they're at and it's like okay that's something for me to strive for and like i said before Mm. it's not it doesn't mean it's gonna happen for me the same way but I know if I'm if I put the work in, like I know, I know things will happen because shit, things have already happened. Like really good things for me that have happened. Like the things that I thought would happen a few years down the line happened, you know, three and four years down the line. All right. But well, everybody, you know, everybody has their own time, and it ain't. It's not a. And I feel like, uh, you know, stand. It's it's kind of cliche, and you. But the st- stand up, and I might have said it on the show before, or y'all show before. It's like it sort of changed my life in a certain, in a way where it's like I don't know what I w- would be doing any would be doing right now because it's like, oh, if I wasn't, it's not like if I wasn't doing this, I'd be, I'd be in your house, robbing your house. Like, <laughs> did, did Biggie say that in the show? One of those rappers said that in one of those documentaries. <laughs> be fucking robbing you right now, son. Right. Not, not like that, but it's just like there's things that I want to change about myself and things that I want to like different things that I want to do and evolve as a person. But I I really I I feel like I'm in a good place. And uh, as I look at my in my living room that I need to fold up my laundry but <laughs> and clean my apartment. But I'm in a good place right now. Right. Well, that's cool, man. I mean, it is, you know, it's hard to reach that place. Um, it is. In life anyway. And I think a lot of people need outlets, especially creative people. Because mm-hmm. uh, I really do feel like that's the key to happiness. Um, it is. Speaking of which, man, um, what's up with the girls on the road and stuff, man? Like, you getting out there meeting these ladies. Like, when you come on uh, on an out-of-town trip, it's like a completely different swag. They tossing it at you. Yeah. Well, not yet. I mean, it's happened kind of, it's happened a couple of times, but it's not, it's nothing that, I mean, it's nothing that like nobody, I'm going to make a wife or nothing like that, you know, mm, but yeah. um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really gonna, like, I really feel like some of these people in these, these like women in these rom-coms, but I'm just a dude where it's like, 
I'm just going to focus on my career and just try to be the best that I can and <laughs> just, just, just be so, and somebody's just going to have to break that mold and find me. Cause it's just like, I, I just don't have time. Like mm. I, like there's, if there's somebody that I want to talk to and she's being flaky, it's like, well, fuck it. Like this is my girl is my, my, my craft. Right. And that, that, that never let me down since I was, 12 years old and it's it's kind of sad but it's like i it's like you kind of see people that are like super great like kobe Mm -hmm. and he's kind of he's he's an asshole Mm -hmm. i mean he's more of an asshole than i i was he's elusive i think that i have a heart but you know what i mean like well you know kobe uh does have a family and uh they seem to be happy so you know like i i mean i think it's possible to be dedicated to your craft but it's, it's it's asking a lot of the people around you to have to you know deal with it and i think people especially in the start of a relationship can be pretty selfish about yeah. you know about how much time you spend not and i'm not saying as a like negative, negative yeah. i just think relationships and love in general is pretty se- a selfish task in itself like you know spend your time with me you are mine right don't be out here with these other people and then as time goes on you be like find some shit to do right get away from me right <laughs> i know you ain't time. going nowhere go spend time with your boy <laughs> go drink damn it but um well, I, yeah, well you're, you're, you guys are right i mean i talk about it in my act like where it's just like i don't want to i know it's not right it's not right to be alone mm. you know what i mean like i don't think i don't think we were we were put on the earth to be like as humans to be alone alone you know so i'm not i don't know i know that's un that's un it's just as unhealthy as like doing drugs so uh, i don't know man you're still a you're still a you're still a comedian so like you're gonna have some unhealthy issues anyway you know what i mean so it's not it's not really anything you could do about it it's like you're doing the best you can with what you've been dealt because you know it's I don't know. I think it's like we get a lot of uh, relationship advice and some of the best like relationship material comes from stand ups and shit. But then when you think about like what a stand up has to do for a living, that's probably like the worst person to get advice from relationship wise. You know what I mean? Because it's like always on the road, you're hanging out late at night, you're drinking, you're dealing with all this like unstableness around you and shit. All these cast of characters that can be really morose and whatnot so it's almost like i think people you know we quote them all the time it's like chris rock said marriage is harder than mandela being locked up you know what i mean it's like <laughs> yeah but chris in all fairness you know chris rocks in a different city every night sometimes like it, that can be hard for that can be very difficult but yeah, and then before his you know he announced his divorce i mean he he kept saying a lot of times he kept saying in a lot of interviews you know i want to spend time with my daughters why they still like me and and so he's got i mean despite the divorce i mean he i'm sure he's taking care of that responsibility and i i surround myself with there's people in my circle that i that i really respect and like i got like guys like andy klein and randolph terrence that are good dudes that are married that are doing what they're doing uh like paul verzi who's married and got two kids so i surround myself with people that that right. that are that are who I aspire to be in some way mm-hmm. and some way that are that are people that are are positive uh on my growth as a as a comic and as a man you know like I yeah. always kind of 
gravitated towards people that um, that wanted something more out of my out of life and that are trying to do something different. And I noticed, like I was talking, having a conversation with my mom, like recently I've been finding out that I'm in a place where it's like, oh, I know why I want to be in show business. I get why I'm a comedian. Mm. Just listening to me, and it's a lot of that's some real dark shit right. that I'm trying to uh, that I'm trying to sift through and and like. Uh, make it consumable for uh, uh, an audience because it helps me. Like it helps, it helps me uh, get through that. So it's like it's just like oh, like I'm kind of fun. Like I'm, th- I'll be 35 next month, and I'm just like oh, these things. This is why I am the way that I am. And I kind of almost have, go ahead. And the thing is, if you surround yourself with people, like you know, in the in that same um, you know, in that same lane mm-hmm. that have been there longer than you. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like good having a mentor or a role model or like, you know, like a circle of people that have been there, done that, that could kind of yeah. like guide you in the right direction. Right. If you hang out right. with people like Andy and Randolph, occasionally you might even run into Tim Miller, um, yeah. r- rarely. Miller um, lives. <laughs> <laughs> I think they might have killed Tim last year. <laughs> right. And they just covering it up. Last time I was home, I, I did a show with him. Uh, Friday night, and then we at, in DC, and then he came. We came, we were both at the draft house. So that just put, mean, that just puts you in as part of the alibi. Like I don't know that I don't know that they didn't kill him. Like I've only heard secondhand from other comedians people. that happen to, that happen to have been on the podcast mm-hmm. that they saw Tim. I don't know if Tim's alive or not, man. I I hope that brother's okay, man. <laughs> he's good. He's, he's good. How man. was uh How was interviewing Fonte? It was great. I mean, you guys have had him on the show, so it's he's um, probably one of the the most uh, hospitable guests that as you know, when I go over to people's houses and stuff. I mean, anytime you you buy somebody like fried chicken and <laughs> <laughs> and like you know, like it's it was just he was he was great, man. And I and like I don't know people that have heard that episode. I tried not to stand out too much, but it was almost like uh, you got to say fuck it and just and just go with it. And uh, it was cool because it kind of got a little revelation that he was a bit of a gamer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we talked about The Last of Us, which was one of my favorite uh, games that I, the best game I ever played in my life. And we kind of we talked for twenty more minutes. And like he's he's a guy that uh, more than just what he talks about in his music and just a really fun interesting guy so it was good to it was good to do 100 episodes with uh the 100th with him and uh it worked out it worked out you know like there's there's things there's opportunities that i thought i was was looking forward to getting with the podcast and certain people that i wanted on the show and the people that have uh been on the show it's a real, I and mean, you guys can attest to this. You've, you've been doing it for a long time and you longer than me and you know what it's like to have, you know, people be affected by what you do and say they like it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it was, it was cool. And I hope, I hope that some people, uh, who listen to that episode stay. I hope at least five of them stay. Right. And, uh, <laughs> well, he's, he's good people. I mean, I remember when we hung out with him at dinner with him and his girl, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and Durham. Um, right 
you know and um like the thing that was cool was that he was real down to earth he you know? was uh because that could have been way more awkward and bad uh if he was like you know um and rightfully so by the way if he was like more offended by the things we had said on the podcast about charity stars at home yeah but yeah. it was it was dope like sitting there talking to him and kind of putting mm-hmm. everything into perspective and mm-hmm. um just a charming dude man and then just you know really down to earth um right. and it felt like you know uh a conversation even though i'm sure if you had a transcript of that night it would read like an interview <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, everything was like yeah man i watched son of the anarchy too man yeah that's crazy remember when so-and-so said sister be kicking it with the real flow yeah that was dope that was crazy hey man what is knife wonder like <laughs> so, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I said in the intro to that episode i was trying not to be like chris farley like that character he had remember when yeah. you yeah. got the menstrual show do you guys remember you remember that <laughs> <laughs> And I, you know, like it, but it, but he's a cool dude. And, and just the people that I've met doing the show and just doing stand up and being around, you know, quote unquote famous people that a lot of them are pretty nice. Right. Mm-hmm. Are nice. And then it's like when you, if, if I were to ascend to that level at some point, there's no reason for me to be a dick. Well, you know what else, man? Like, honestly, there's no reason to be a dick if you're. Yeah. It's like you're once you're kind of living your dreams and getting towards your goals and shit. Like, there's there's so many people that are doing so much worse than you mm-hmm. that have found a way to be happy with their lives. Ain't and that true? Yeah. It's like if you're just miserable at that point, then the misery's just in you. Like, it's not right something that's causing it. You're just a miserable person that happens to be successful. I'm not saying there's no miserable successful people, but Right. It's it's just it's something in you once you get to a certain point because there's a lot of people that wish they had it you know the ability to live their dreams or even talent to have a dream like that so correct um but he seemed like a real humble down to earth dude so mm-hmm. um it was it was cool talking to him man and very funny um let's get into the show uh this is the blackout tips podcast you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio just search the blackout tips we'll come up. Uh, leave us five star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher, and we'll read them on the show as long as we uh like them. So you know, right. just make sure that we like them. Um, and the other thing you can do is go to theblackouttips.com/slash/premium, sign up to become a premium listener. Uh, listen to all our spinoff shows such as the new pregame podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and of course old favorites like Balls Deep, Lip Smacking Good, Medium Talk, and uh nerd off so much so many shows movie reviews we had chris on a movie review for top five not too long ago mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people enjoyed that yes, so they did. make sure you guys check all that stuff out because we uh we appreciate everybody that does that we do the official weapon of the show is the taser and the unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball extreme and today's podcast is brought to you by shadow dog productions check out our album on iTunes, The Best of Rod and Karen, it's on iTunes and Amazon. The Best of Rod and Karen is an audio play album that has a bunch of tracks from me, Karen, friends of the show that have recorded with us from Shadow Dog Productions. And it's like goes into detail of all the like funny adventures our characters have been on because part two is coming soon. Yes. And you're going to want to be up on the previous adventures. Okay, yes. guys? These things don't write themselves, Mm-mm. and uh, we don't act them ourselves. So if you want to hear us 
doing some funny voices you want to hear me freestyle rap in a surfer voice uh yeah, hear me cuss roger out if you want to hear me get cussed the fuck out make sure you guys do all that stuff uh at by our itunes and stitcher that's uh the best of riding care and uh mm-hmm. leave it a review if you're on itunes or what i mean itunes or amazon leave it a review if you're on there like five stars even if you don't buy it right just leave a five star review mm-hmm. uh and let's get into the show uh, we haven't talked about this yet, but I guess uh, since nobody in the mainstream news is going to talk about it, we got to. Okay. Um, 2,000 people got um, killed and missing and dead. Ooh, that's a lot of um, people. In Nigeria. Yeah, the terror group Boko Haram, who was uh, known for stealing those girls. Right. Remember, bring back our girls. Yes. Yeah, and um apparently they you know they go in um so they go hard yeah um so uh they yeah they they go in uh on on all the time and then they fight with the governments out there and like they lie and shit they'll be like oh we're gonna get the girls back on tuesday and then they don't um so there's like they're no joke but uh, i could play this from uh the daily news hopefully More than 2,000 people are unaccounted for after radical Islamist sect Boko Haram torched more than 10 towns and villages in Nigeria, Shit. a local lawmaker told NBC News. Ahmed Zana, a senator for Borno State, where the attack happened, said the militants raised the towns of Baga as well as 10 to 20 other communities in the country's rural northeast over the past five days. He told NBC News the whole area is covered in bodies. He said that he had spoken to residents who fled the towns. That that the wow. intro and outro the intro and outro music that is way too chipper for that topic. <laughs> right, right. I was like, this, like this the, sounds happy. It's like the picture page sound effects, and then death, death, and more death. Right, ten towns. Goddamn. Yeah, man. Um, it didn't get a lot of coverage because you know, um, some French people had died. And that was way more important. Then what the hell happened in Africa? Yeah. And 2,000 people died. 2,000. Are you guys ever, do you do you get surprised that that, that, that wasn't made a big deal? Um, they're black or is it just? Not really, but I, I almost wish I was angry. Like, or angrier. Like, I yeah. wish I had another level of rage to go to where I was like, these motherfuckers again but yeah i always have and like sometimes i feel like i'm letting some of our fans down who like get mad yeah because sometimes yeah. like the other day we had a fan that kind of like i think it was just a misunderstanding but he got upset with something we said on the show because he sent me the 45 minute footage of tamir rice uh after he was shot and then you know, like the they tackled his sister, they locked her up, they put her in the back of a police car. I don't watch right that. next to the body. Mm-hmm. Now Karen didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. I I was like, I really didn't want to watch it to be honest. It was like midnight. I'm playing Destiny on my Xbox One and Twitter. Yeah. I get hit on Twitter's like, man, I've been crying. You gotta watch this, man. It's you know, it's so sad and stuff. I feel like shit now. You gotta feel like shit. Right. And it's like I, w- I was you know, I didn't say anything disrespectful to that dude. I didn't call him out, I didn't call his name out. 
i didn't even say what i was thinking at the time which was kind of like damn man like i want a day off too you know what i mean like i talk about this stuff 24 7 on the show like i would like to like it's not like i'm not gonna see it like i would like some time to myself rather than be like an avatar for pain because sometimes people will hit us up to be like look at this and then and then like kind of expect us to have a reaction and you know i don't know if they understand how pragmatic i can be but like a lot of of times i just don't have the i don't have the same outrage as other people because i feel like i see this shit every day right so it's like i need something to surprise me almost because it's like well of course they did that they're callous and they don't see that kid as a human being so they tackled his sister because they don't give a fuck and then you know and so we talked about it on the show and then uh the guy hit hit me up the next day on the hashtag and was like uh and karen too but you know karen don't respond to nothing Mm -mm. so y'all i don't even know why you waste time yeah why y'all even tag me in this shit because i'm i don't watch it i don't click i'm I'm just keeping it real now there are some things i will you know click and look at don't get me wrong but when you started off with hey something fucked up happened i'm like nope right so he he responded something like y'all i i sent y'all this and y'all pissed all over my emotions or something like something like that that you know to me is kind of inflammatory kind of belligerent like it would have been like i feel like we would have been right to just ignore that dude or cuss him out or whatever but i didn't do that because I'm thinking to myself, like, now, how did anything we said on the show get to that point? Get seen as right. us making fun of anything? Like, yeah, we, we didn't did. say anything funny. There was no joke. Mm-mm. We, I told everybody I saw the video. I told them what I saw, how I felt about it, and you know, I feel like after a couple times back and forth, he realized it was kind of a misunderstanding, and you know, because I approached him with respect. I didn't disrespect him at all. I approached him like you know like now why would you say that you know what i mean like i like i wanted to hear him out because i feel like a lot of times especially black people man we we're in so much pain mentally sometimes correct that we'll turn on each other rather than just be like now why are you doing this you know like what's the goal here because sometimes we can talk it out and luckily that that guy reasonable hell has prevailed and we were able to kind of talk it out and you know he kind of realized at the end something i've been saying to a lot of people you can't depend on us you can't depend on anybody build your own platform if you feel like correct your point of view is so different or special or whatever because i can't express his pain the way that he can right it's like i told you guys about three years ago the two of you are the eric and tammy taylor of of black podcasting (laughs) of podcasting period Uh, you transcend race (laughs) <laughs> so people are gonna come to you i mean it's 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 not necessarily right but right. they're gonna come to you for that to seek solace right now, on a lighter note i was watching the the championship game the foot the football game and i tweeted you know everybody's tweeting about the game and i tweeted i was like oh this this uh what's the kid's name? What's the court of Ohio? Cardell what? Jones. Jones, yeah. He kind of look. He kind of reminds me of a more mobile, like a quicker Dante Culpepper. Some guy that I didn't know was like, was like, how? In what way does he remind you of Dante Culpepper? Right. Like he wanted to fight. Oh uh, man, sports is even worse. Yeah, sports is I- worse than politics because like. 
politics you can just be like oh uh man Mitt Romney was tripping he was wrong about that and then somebody comes in most of the time it's so polar opposite that you can just go eh, whatever yeah but with sports you can kind of get food and have a conversation because to you and, I, and I'm, I'm assuming you're kind of on the same wavelength as me it's so trivial right yeah, it so it's like well, who, yeah. who gives a fuck what i think if this kid looks like dante cove ever or not like so yeah. then you end up responding to that person when if it would have been politics you would have been like oh no nah, fuck this person i'm not arguing with this guy all right yeah. and part of me was like and then i, I and then like I just saw his, 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 I said he's got agility in like his arm and he's got a little, he's got poise or whatever. And say, he's never had that. Plus the running back, the running back is the best player on the team. And mm-hmm. I didn't write anything back. And then Ezekiel, what's his name? Ezekiel, like Elliot, Elliot, like made a, made it one of the tons of big plays that he made. Right. And then this guy keeps tweeting. He's like, oh, and the, and the running back, uh, makes a great play. takes his, gets his team out of trouble. And I said, dude. You're not going to get an argument from me here. That right. kid is a stud. Like, I mean, I see what this guy's doing. Right. I just made an observation about the about the quarterback. Right. And then he didn't, he didn't tweet me anymore. But it was just like, it was so weird. Like, I was like, I don't even know you, dude. Yeah, it's weird because, like, I feel like um, one of the reasons that we can do a podcast is because we don't feel like our voices are the fucking be all end all most important thing so like so i don't mind sharing my opinion because overall it doesn't affect anything Mm -mm. so it's just you know it's just my opinion it just happens to be broadcast so Mm -hmm. i don't so i don't have like if i was the president i wouldn't do a podcast because oh no everything i said say will affect something but i'm rod so the things i say don't really affect anything so if i happen to be right about um the kevin love trade which i was um it doesn't really matter one way or the other i was telling people till i was blue in the face cleveland did everything they wanted to do nobody stopped them um uh, people were arguing with me on twitter and shit all those people are disappeared i, I haven't found any of these people that come back and said rod i'm sorry i argue with you you were right and that and that kind of like just solidifies that my opinion don't mean shit Right. So, so I think sometimes people hit us up like, talk about this. And it's like, you know, my opinion don't, ain't really gonna change Mm-mm. anything. I mean, I, maybe I agree with you and maybe I say everything you feel and we can both bond over it. But at the end of the day, the, the people that, that, that change things in the world, they don't give a fuck about, you know, what we think about, uh, Boko Haram or, Mm-mm. um, you know, what, what not. But, anyway i you know i just but dude did come up at the end it was like i need to create my own platform like my own podcast or something i said good man because like i'm happy with that i hope you do that because successful at it right because what i don't want is anyone feeling like i'm their mouthpiece because i'm not i'm just speaking i'm only speaking for myself i I don't ever want to get on here and lie or start speaking for other people Mm-mm. that I, you know what I mean? Like that, that I have really no right to speak for. I can only speak for myself. I don't speak for all black people or any of that stuff. Um, if people can relate to it, that's, that's beautiful. That's what I love about it. But right. And, and, and to me, it is a beautiful and it is a, a wonderful thing. And I think uh, me and Roger actually went into more depth and it's one of the things where I care. I care too much. And me caring too much is one reason why I just look at shit and keep going. And this is one of those things where almost, you know how you can see 
what the end gonna be if the person is crazy all the time and so it's like we're gonna avoid all those steps and i'm just not gonna respond because there's too many people on social media that that i've met in real life that, that we've become real true friends that are on social media that talk to people like they got motherfucking common sense. Mm-hmm. You know, they have reasonable and rational conversations. They can yeah. talk to each other. They don't scream at people. They, they don't, you know, so it's just one of those things where I think for some people, they don't realize that when I read the words, how it's interpreted to me. Like, everybody's different, but when I read it, I go, oh, motherfucker, you yelling. We, yeah, I, well, had, I had a person the other day that was like, uh, I did you know uh, talking about Tina Fey and uh, what's what's her homie? Um, Amy, yeah, yeah, Amy Poehler. Um, I guess they hosted the Glo- Golden Globes, mm-hmm. and she was saying that how dare they make a joke about Bill Cosby uh, as as a rapist? She's uh-huh. like, she's like, oh, they gonna make a rape joke? Really? Uh, the the after they do things like let Woody Allen get a TV show and. They, uh, you know, Roman Polanski, they, they, they give him awards. And I was like, okay, do we know that Tina Fey and Amy Poehler have that point of view? Like, do they co-sign Roman Polanski in any way, shape or form? I don't know that. I'm asking. I don't, because maybe she knew something I didn't. Correct. And she was like, you know, she didn't really have an answer for that. And I was like, too, I don't watch the Golden Globes. Right. And, and, And I don't care. Me either. So I was like. I, I'm the wrong person to to, be to try to get me amped up about this because mm-hmm. I'm just not going to get amped up because it's not amped up worthy for me. Right. And also, I don't have anything against people making jokes that are about rape, murder, mm-hmm. racism. Um, Killing people. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's, that's that's included in murder care. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like any anything, a lot of shit that people would deem offensive, we've made jokes about that on our show. <laughs> we have. So, yeah. so it just felt like, you know, like you're just kind of adding me to make, for me to be mad about something that if you thought about it for a second, I would never be mad about it. It's, yeah. This is kind of a weird entitlement or ownership kind of thing that I think people have about you. Like, I like you, therefore you need to do what I think you need to do. Yeah. And, and we talked about before. I can't slave cry. I can't be like, Oh, Lordy, 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 Lord, Lord, and I got another one. Lordy, Lord. the whole, I can't be like that all damn day, every day. I, I just can't. Mm-hmm. And some people disasterbate like that. And I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. I mean, people were up. I didn't really watch the group because it wasn't, wasn't football on or something. I don't remember, man. I don't even remember what was on. I just remember being like, no, like, you know, like sometimes I'm just, I, like, Chris, um, we were talking about, uh, you saw me talking about this on Facebook the other day. Uh, you know, I, I'm a movie critic now. And, uh, they send, oh. they send me screeners and shit. You lucky bastard. Right. And they sent me a, a screener for Obvious Child. Uh huh. And I started watching it and I was like, uh, oh, it's kind of dark, kind of quirky. Um, and then it ended and I was like, I hated that. Like nothing happened. <laughs> whoa, 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 buddy. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Are you trying to do what you did to me on Twitter on Monday? <laughs> I, I'm just telling the truth, bro. I'm telling the truth. I I watched that movie and I was just like, like th- this is a movie essentially about nothing. Like, n- no offense to uh, the uh, Jenny Slate. I thought she did a good job acting. I just yeah. felt there were no stakes in the fucking movie, man. Like. 
who was the what was the who was the bad guy what was the obstacle that she had to get over like what was the, there was just nothing everybody that heard about her getting an abortion was like you should do that that's cool i agree everybody the movie was essentially about nothing now i'm not saying that you know um that makes her a bad actor or whatever i feel like the script really let everybody down um because you just need you just need an obstacle but i also appreciated that it was light fair you know what i mean like i kind of wish black people had movies that were light more like light like that where right it wasn't like and then the cops killed him or then yeah. You know, he went to prison for selling drugs. Right. Like that's when you know we have become equal. When black people can make movies about white people problems, that's when we have evolved. Right. So I I actually in comparison from obvious child to to Juno, like mm-hmm. I liked it better than Juno cuz it it was less adorable even though towards the end it got a little too cliché and adorable, but I think Jenny Slate is the the reason to see that movie if you just want to see a good performance. But when it comes to, I think you're, I mean, you you guys have said, just said something that I've been feeling for a long time. I mean, I just want to see a black people in a complex back black people in a complex situation. It doesn't even have to be like, you don't have to be curing cancer, but just people dealing with issues. Right. I mean, I, I thought Beyond the Light was really good. Like I, I thought, I mean, it was a it was a romantic story, mm-hmm. but these were people. It was stuff that could happen in reality. Right. Like, granted, it was a it was a bit of it was kind of hyper reality to some degree. Of course, all movies are. Yeah, but it was like I I was really emotionally invested in the characters. I really cared about it, and I had I I had an experience, and I think uh, what we're what, it, what seems to start kind of be happening now with what we had in the late 90s and the early 2000s. Like you had like you had the wood, you had love and basketball, uh, you know, the, the brothers who could play that game. But more so the wood and and um, maybe even and even love. Jones. I think love Jones kind of started it. Mm-hmm. it was just like these black black people, middle class, upper middle class dealing with emotions, dealing with shit that everybody deals with and and it's a it is really good compelling stories instead of like oh like i went to go see selma and i thought it was i thought it was a fantastic movie but it's like ah oh, god okay they're gonna beat they're gonna beat them oh my god they're gonna you're gonna hit oprah like you hit fucking oprah in a movie right like, you know like and it's just like jesus christ like can we just see something normal and it's something that you guys have been saying, guests that are on my podcast, friends that I talk to, they are, that are of color, they are sick and tired of seeing these movies where it's just like, where we're not, we're not there and we're not a part of the story. I think right. it's happening in TV now with, you know, how to get away with murder, scandal. Right. If, if well, I, even, even those are kind of like, over the top but portrayals yeah. um but, but that, then at the same time they're soaps they're prime yeah time. yeah oh, yeah right. which which is fine but i feel like there's a ton of stories that can be told in the middle sure. that just don't get told for black people like those are just super hyper achieving black people in those situations like right. you know it's the best trial lawyer of all time it's the lady who fixes everybody's scandals even for the white house 
yeah. like you know we're missing that middle like where when rock was a sitcom like yeah. we're kind of missing missing that level i kind of enjoy um blackish a lot because yes it like oh man yeah it kind of hits that itch it, it just it yeah. just scratches that itch for me but um yeah and i think we're going to get more you know like i I feel like we should be in every genre you know like we you know just even if i would even the thing like even with like say um this story um uh, obvious child Mm-hmm. it's very odd to me to watch a whole movie that takes place in new york and has no black people in it like well, it, except there was one dude that was a stand-up like that mm-hmm. one guy. he was but in there for about two two minutes maybe cyrus mcqueen and uh yeah dude it's like i watch and like you know i know you and you know what by the way you know his character name in the movie i i don't know stand up it was just stand up yeah so <laughs> I'm, i feel like point made yeah, I well, you and JL make fun of me for watching these indie movies, but to me, like, it's like I I, I don't know if I've said this on you guys' show before, but when I was a kid, my dad would say he would never say I'm going to watch a movie. He'd say I'm I'm going to watch a story, you know, because he's fucking old. And but like he would, that's what I would be into, like a story with a like a beginning, middle, and an end, and a character that I could either emotionally invest in relate to or feel some something for a character as they go through their journey and it's like me as like me just being a fan of movies just love to go see movies but then it's like damn my friends are right like where are we right you know like where are we in this in this thing and it's and like dear white people I really like that. That was one of my favorite movies of the year. Mm-hmm. But then when a movie comes out, you know, people are like, well, they're trying to, like, it has to be any and everything for black people. It has yeah. to be all these things. Yeah, we I- do, as a people, that is one thing that, like, I think one of the, of the effects of being under the white gaze uh, for, as you know, culturally, uh-huh. one of the negative effects is this idea of representation via all individuals Mm -hmm. yeah and it does hold a lot of people back because i that is one of the things i do hate is having explained to somebody like this thing is black it it's not seeking to represent black people in a great light it's just seeking to make a very real and honest type of depiction of a show or or movie and so yeah you might find some flaws in it you might find some things you don't like about it but overall, if you stop trying to make it respectable and just try right. to, and just, and you just say, is this entertaining or is it not? Yeah. A lot of times you'll actually find enjoyment there and, um, you'll see that, uh, there's a lot of quality stuff out there. Yeah. Cause it, I remember when that, cause I saw it, uh, over, I saw that movie, uh, at a film festival in March and I went, I went to go see it with, uh, uh Brandon Collins and I went to go see it. And uh, I was like, oh, man, this is a fun, good movie. And I remember when it came out a few, a couple later on in the year, people were like, well, that's why you don't go to a, that's why you go to a HBCU. And I was like, well, nah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has to become like a huge conversation. Yeah, it's like, oh, man, but it's like, just go, go to where you get the money to go. Yeah. Go where you can afford, go where you want to go. Or just, I mean, more importantly, it's a movie. It's just right. a movie. Like, it's just it's a movie. Like it's it's not an actual commentary on like 
it, you don't have to walk out of the movie and go now how is this gonna fix all of black america's problems because right. yeah that's a yeah. little too much for a movie dog right what are you gonna say karen that that's too and, and for me uh i would just want a weird black movie for some reason black people aren't allowed just to have just a weird movie like the quirky movies where they sit in starbucks you know, you have a pointless job. You talk about nothing. Talk about your father's trust fund. You go on pointless adventures, and then nothing fucking happens to anybody. You know, we don't have that movies. It's got to be, oh, woe is me. It got to be the slaves. It got to be yeah. civil rights. It, ha- you know, me. Oh, has to be uh, 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 politically correct. You know, and for some, and and to me, that's not equality. You know, because people claim equality. But when people try to do things outside of, quote, unquote, what's considered the norm, everybody gets upset because you don't fit yeah. in the norm. And, you know, that thing's like uh, like the movie, the new movie coming out called The Loft. You know, I w- mm-hmm. if, if they made that with black people, would that be received the same way? Mm-hmm. You know, well, like like that's when you get really quality, when you can make a movie yeah. about like that. Or just if one of those guys was black. Right. Like it's five. Yeah. It's another movie with five white dudes, you know. Yeah, and then they drop it in, in January, so the studio don't really give a shit about that movie anyway. Right. It, it ain't the point, but it's like, I mean, but, you know, we did have Chronicle with Michael B. Jordan that dropped mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. mm-hmm. Wow. But, but it's like, it's, it's, I don't know, man, like, there's movies out there, because I see it when I watch a movie like, like A Medicine for Melancholy. You, I've blabbed about this movie so many times, but it's that Barry Jenkins film, and it's just, it's like your before sunrise, before sunset. It's in the same style as where well, what's my white girl, uh, Anna Kendrick in that movie, like Drinking Buddies mm-hmm. and Happy Christmas, like that that dude Joe Swanberg that directs these movies. It's like there's got to be some black voices that are that can do similar things. Well, so, I'm not even looking for representation. Like uh, sometimes I watch shit even if it's black because it's gonna be bad. Like I. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna watch Empire. Like, I'm recording that. Um, I got a DVR for the night. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on watching this shitty, shitty, shitty show. Like, I don't, and I'm okay with it being shitty because that has nothing to do with me as a black person or you as a black person. It's just a shitty show with some shitty people in it that happens to be black. So, you know, I, I, I have no problem recording the fuck out of that tonight. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I was all over it. I mean, it's like the I call it Black Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People. On Bo's podcast, he said it's like the black version of Playmakers. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an accurate description, man. Um, all right. So, um, but yeah, Obvious Child sucks. Nobody watched that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. An hour and twenty minutes is the best part of that movie because it's short. And when it ended, I went, uh. Is Sam Jackson going to show up after the credits and recruit somebody? Because this shit was, it ended with them watching Netflix. Um, Speaking of black black people being upset, I'm not joking. That's how it ends. Um, Speaking of black people being up. Oh, and then I started watching Under the Skin today. I'm not done with it. How is that so far? It's an abortion. It is an abortion. I don't understand what's going on. Unless it has an amazing twist in the last, I think I'm an hour in and there's 40 minutes left. Uh-huh. unless there is a hell of a twist i'm about to light this movie up too because i man this is so bad um kenya moore of real housewives fame 
uh got upset with uh every america's darling lapita nyongo over oh, the, mm-hmm, over the golden globe snub when black america unites um and she went to twitter to, to voice her displeasure apparently um kenya moore who will fight with anyone uh was tweeting about her golden glows experience and she revealed that she's feeling a bit resentful towards lapita apparently she wanted to take a photo with the academy award winning beauty but nyongo was not here for it uh some dude asked her uh that matt siegel on twitter asked her who did you hang with last night who was cute who was fugly do tell uh she says at matt siegel lots of people who were cool taylor swift was so sweet but at lapita nyongo she at these people by oh, the way shit. Mm-hmm. refused uh, refused to take pics after two movies hashtag girl bye wow oh, and who really knows what happened and he matt siegel said you call lapita out honey h-u-n-n-y kenya don't play did you shade her and she responded no i was a huge fan there were 1000 a-listers being humble it was disappointing that's all i want to always stay humble mm. now at a bad time. yeah i mean yeah. plus if you've seen real housewives i mean come on kenya ain't humble um, right and who knows what really happened and what was said the words you're like you just never i ain't trying to be funny you just never know how that went down well people expect that thing where it's like you're famous you owe me right and you are i bought i bought a ticket now get up here and take this picture with me dance monkey dance like the fuck you think you is man um but interestingly enough they went on lapita's uh instagram and she took pictures with a lot of people were they white uh no fight uh but they were white yes you're correct uh some of them were white uh, she got a picture with, let's see, who is this? Carla Delavigne. Uh, she got. And she probably been taking pictures for hours. Like Eddie Redmayne. Uh, she got Dr. Armandi Nyongo, who's her cousin. He black. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she and got. She might have looked at you like, who are you? Like, right. in her mind, she's like. Not everybody watch Real Housewives, man. Right. A lot yeah. of people don't know who you are. You just some strange woman to her who just showed up on the scene. She might have thought you were just some random person. They let it know. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what's going on now. Oh, speaking of comedy news, uh did you hear about Mike Epps and what he yeah, said about I heard Chris about Rock? That. That's that's weird. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well be careful. Don't you say too much, Chris. I don't want to beat you up. Oh yeah. The club. Um <laughs> What happened? Well, we did. Remember, we covered that article where he beat those, he beat a dude up at the club for making oh. a video about him and shit. Oh, that dude. Mm. But um, yeah. Uh, when asked about Rock's top five, Epps made himself look like a a a damn fool. B jealous. C a clan member. This is um, <laughs> this is on bossup dot com. It sounds sassy. They've uh, editorialized it uh, verbatim. Here's what he said: I haven't seen it. I don't know why they call it top five. There wasn't one good comedian in the whole movie. I don't know why they keep giving Chris Rock opportunities. He's a great stand-up and a good meerkat. What do these white people, when do these white people, they're blind, they keep giving the wrong dude opportunities. Like like you, you see man, nobody's beating down his door? Oh. Guy, I don't get why he took those, even if he, I mean, let's say he believes that. I mean, I guess he does. But why does he need to say that? I mean, he's playing Richard Pryor. He's had a, He's had success. 
I don't I don't get why the shot at at Chris Rock or that movie. Imagine if Chris Rock was as petty as him. Correct. Yeah. And start sending people to his crib and shit, man. It'll be bad. Yeah, man. That's that's just weird. I don't know. What do you think about this Charlie I mean Charlie Hebdo uh controversy? Uh, about the why Barack didn't come, or just in nah, general? not I mean that we're uh well newsflash y'all Barack didn't come and people mad that the president wasn't there with the rest of the uh leaders of the world uh to stand with France um so that's the thing but uh anyway uh I think it's just I mean it's just like uh it's a perversion of a religion of a of a religion that was supposed to be peaceful just like yeah you know you've heard probably heard people say uh you know christian fundamentalists who blow up uh an abortion clinic and it it is something that's i mean maybe back to like what my education like i went to catholic school from k through 12 and we learned about different types of religion it wasn't just like jesus is the only one you know it was just like every Ah. We learned about, you know, uh, Muslim religion and Judaism and, you know, when stuff like 9-11 happened or like you have, you have people who look at the Bible as, um, as like they're fundamentalists or, and then people who look at it as like they take the context of what it's supposed to mean and people who interpret the Bible in different ways. So people, Muslims always get that, the stigma that, they're they're evil when a lot of people a lot of people aren't like that it's a small it's a small but deadly segment well it's i mean it's the vast majority of muslims are peaceful and there there's more of them than any other people uh when it comes to religion so it's very odd that people have decided to paint all muslims one way because if all muslims start like that everybody be fucking dead like yeah there'd be a fucking world war you can't like if well, it was like two or three billion people just decided, like, mm, you know what, fuck, okay. e- fuck every other religion. Right. Like, yeah, it w- it would definitely if they just decided, like, we're killing people. It wouldn't it wouldn't be, go down like one or two people getting shot on the, or twelve people getting shot every five years. It shit would be like right. every other day, fucking somebody would be dead because people would just be running up in your job. So anyway, we we got news on it. Um, I, I I just find it kind of. I find it kind of odd that people are, are using the free speech argument about this when it's not a government issue. Nope. Free, you know, one, it's not America. So right. free, free speech laws aren't the same. Um, nope. And they don't apply to in another country. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Um, and then number two, um, free speech is about the government locking you up. Not It's not about someone saying, I detest your magazine. You know, nope. it's not even about someone whether I, obviously I don't agree with it, but it's actually not about someone killing you for something you said either. Like that's not the, the government didn't sanction you to be killed. Like Mm-mm. those are, those are madmen that did that. So you can't yeah. put that on everybody else. Like it's a first amendment amendment issue, you know, for a country that we've routinely criticized and joked about oh, for years Right. that now yeah. we want to pretend that we stand with them. Uh, when I really think what what a lot of people are standing with is Islamophobia right now. Like, I agree. That's the banner. That's the flag everybody's really carrying um, in a lot of this shit. But 
um a texas gun rights group reenact the paris massacre with an armed civilian quote unquote and everyone still dies they basically ran like a training scenario where they gave uh one person a paintball gun and said okay we're gonna set up a situation where it looks like the same as the offices for charlie ibdo and uh you uh come and you come in we'll come in with our guns and we'll give one of you guys uh a gun a paintball gun and you'll be the armed attack uh the armed civilian because everyone always does this well if if they would have had some guns then they'd still be alive because guns solve everything so uh they did it in every scenario that the armed civilian died except for the ones where the armed civilian ran before the shooting started yeah so uh nothing really um doesn't sound like just having a gun is gonna solve anything you know uh, you know what it comes down to if everybody would just pull their pants up yeah we wouldn't have all these problems pick up that trash yeah yeah yeah, because the, the thing about guns, people, and people are unpredictable. Yeah, that's the part about a gun. So they uh, they they actively <laughs> got uh, solicited volunteers for the experiment for the group, which is Truth About Guns. Um, and you know, the, the, they're a gun rights advocacy group. I'm sure they would have mm-hmm. preferred that the experiment worked out where. Oh, this person saved X amount of lives. It's like, nah, no, shit wouldn't have changed. Right. And you having a gun mean it's motherfuckers with guns. Yep. Um, Charlie, uh, I mean, Charlie Ibdo, uh, print, uh, they printed a million copies, um, uh, because they were like, we're going to show the terrorists. And they put a picture of Muhammad that if you flip upside down, it's like a drawing of a penis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, they actually had to raise the print to five million because it's already sold out. Shit. I heard it was uh one of my coworkers as of around three o'clock this afternoon, he said it's worth six hundred on eBay. Six hundred dollars on eBay for a copy? Yep, six bills. And that was like what, five hours ago. So it's probably more. That's so cynical, man. Like you can make money off of this. Off those people dying. Dying. <laughs> right. Like Wow. Yeah. Right, these people's families and shit, and you go, we're going to profit off their deaths. Yeah. Has wow. so, that stopped us before? Nope. <laughs> never <laughs> has. I mean, I, I mean, it's, I guess, man, you're right. I guess it's never stopped us before. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so they, uh, they're now up to the five million, five million they're going to run, uh, which is two million more than expected. Um, because they sold out in the first few minutes of going on sale by customers God, eager damn, to show support. Mhm. Um despite its initial plan print run of 3 to run 3 million copies including versions in 6 different languages, many people struggled to get a hold of the first copies of the magazine which usually has a circulation of only 60,000. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So, um uh Fox News pundit said that if um <laughs> French people would have had guns instead of cell phones. Um, they would have. That, that's why they got par- terrorized because they got guns instead of. I mean, they got cell phones instead of guns. But who said that? Uh, Fox News uh, oh, pundit yeah. um, Emily Miller, an investigative reporter for Fox's DC affiliate, 
insisted to fox news on monday that a recent terrorist attack in paris was not stopped because the french people carry cell phones but not guns yeah people are stupid because the thing about being here in america we have guns we have literally more guns than we do people yeah and these 12 people dying was the largest group of people dying in like a very very long time yeah this is this like is nothing yeah for here in america this this we have worse shit happening in our schools right so and it ain't and it don't take coordinated terrorists it's like one autistic kid with a gun no or one no, no one that, that kid that kid was autistic that shot up sandy hook okay um that wasn't that wasn't a joke about all autistic people um i was about to go in and do some more but uh I was, or one misogynistic asshole in Santa, um, uh, what was that at? Uh, Santa, in, in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's like one dude whose wife divorced him and he gets a fucking sword and kills five or six people. Like, this is just a regular day in America. Right. Well, that's, like, that's terrorism too. Like, people want to put it on some brown person mm-hmm. in a, like, uh, in the Muslim garb, but, like that, the kid that shot up the, in Colorado. Where was that? Colorado. Uh, that's terrorism. Right. Mm-hmm. Going to the movies is supposed to be peaceful. He killed those people, man. Like, that's mm-hmm. Timothy McVeigh, terrorism. All, right. All but, but we would never, but because the way our country runs, that's not considered terrorism. It could be just two tea partiers that, that get a hand, cold of some gun and want to kill some cops. Like, right. It, and we don't ever look into the ideology. Cause if you're white, you get to be an individual. But if you're brown, then you gotta, it's gotta be some part of a pathological failure of your inferior society. It's always seen that way. So, so it's always some kind of reason. You know what I mean? But like, we don't go like, when 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 um the kid that shot up sandy hook we don't go okay so now this means all autistic people are terrorists we would never say some shit like that because it's like obviously that guy's an individual right you know but 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 let that shit be uh some brown person or some type this is well you know there's no fathers in the community right uh, that's why they it's like god damn yeah you you, you, mental illness is not an excuse you know Your family history, in fact, your family history is more of a reason why. Right. Um, now, there's a French artist, because, you know, like I said, this French, and I, I've i been saying this shit for a couple of weeks now before this, this shooting even happened. It's just something that's been, I don't know, man, it's been striking me lately is this idea of the freedom of speech warrior, like the freedom of speech comedian is always this guy that's like, uh, look, niggers ain't shit oh i can't say that wow wow really america the pc mafia is gonna come down and try to silence my voice on my serious radio show with eight million people that agree with me and give me all their money you really gonna marginalize the pure Aryan white man i can't even say that black people are the worst wow okay now here we go so so like that <laughs> like that's the new like edgy comic shit right. that, that everybody's running behind and so people do the like well it's freedom of speech you should get to say that and you get offended and so what something's wrong with you something's wrong with you and i'm like how come this shit only flows one way right it's freedom of speech when we're talking about another person's religion that's not the mainstream religion in america mm-hmm. it's freedom of speech whenever we're talking about you know another country or when we're talking about 
um you know an, another race but it's never freedom of speech like no one uses freedom of speech to be like i'm gonna make some jokes about killing police i'm gonna make some jokes about uh why it's okay to uh you know um why t- why i agree with terrorism like no one's gonna make these jokes because th- that's too edgy like because then like that's actually offensive right so so you know that so to me it's like this this weird double standard where it's like nah you're not really saying anything offensive if you mm-hmm. say uh black people ain't shit or eric garner deserved to die because people actually believe that yes they it's, do. Not, it's just it's just uh camouflage of you being an asshole mm-hmm. like, and racist and, and obviously racist but it's just like that's that's what that's what people are what they're they're doing it for and most of the people that are are trying to be edgy that say they're edgy they're not edgy one and then they're not funny right yeah i I always find that that's that's the thing i always find is like one the joke isn't good because i always start there i I don't even start with is it edgy or not because like i said i don't i typically just don't get offended very often Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm i never start with like oh that it's so edgy. I don't care. Like, I just go to the point where I'm like, what's that funny? Did I laugh? Did, right. Like, what, like, was there some complexity in the joke? Cause Tip- I laugh at some fucked up shit. Right. Typically there isn't, you know, typically there isn't. And then after that, if the defense is freedom of speech, typically that's just, I'm not actually funny. Cause like freedom of speech isn't one of those things you have to argue when you're funny. Mm-mm. Like typically it's more like, um, man, this person made a funny ass joke and, I don't like them for it, but they don't actually back it up with freedom of speech. They back it up with, no, this is why this is funny. You know what I'm saying? Which is a totally different defense. It's, um, it's like if, uh, somebody wanted to sit down and be like, well, this is why, uh, uh, Dave Chappelle's bit about the baby selling drugs on the corner is funny. Like you can actually sit down and explain that. But if you just, you know what I mean? But if, 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 if I say, well, why, why did you laugh at that? You can be like, well, I mean, it's a baby, you know, the ridiculousness of that and selling drugs and blah, blah, blah. Like I could kind of get that. But if you just say freedom of speech, I'm like, was this shit even funny? Um, yeah. I've, I've been at shows where people will, they, they'll laugh at your whole set and you say one thing, you make fun of everybody mm-hmm. and you say one thing that affects them or their childhood or something, some part of their baggage. That they'll say it's not a it's not a joke anymore. It becomes a statement. Right. That statement that you said, like I had a uh, a bit that I talk about uh, cancer, mm-hmm. and uh, and it really doesn't have anything to do with cancer. And the, somebody said, "Oh my, I didn't like what you said about that because you said something about cancer." And and it's always a drunk white girl. Right. It's just like you didn't you weren't listening. And then I don't I don't engage I like I don't engage those people anymore. Yeah. Say things that, that, you know, they laugh the whole time during your show and then at the end of the night they're going to try to come up to you and critique you. Like, no, you know, you and, don't get to do and that. The, and the thing is, not that I, I hate explaining jokes anyway, but, yeah. but like if we sat down, you could diagram like, and this is why that joke is funny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not, not that, you know, I, I mean, personally, I like to hear comedians talk shop anyway. So yeah. it doesn't bother me, but not that you would convince that person. I think those people are kind of beyond convincing, but you could explain like, nah, the joke is this. Right. You know, the joke isn't ha 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 at these people who died of cancer. Like that's obviously not the fucking joke. And then it's like, yeah. bam, here's the joke. 
with some of this shit there's there's no explanation you know there's no oh obviously i'm not racist like it's like no nigga that was racist like well it's kind of like what i noticed about like just coming up and doing open mics in new york it it, it was almost like a place where you get a lot of weird people like it's just weird people that that come in and it's almost like at one some point i was thinking like are these open mics just an oasis for angry white dudes Mm. and then me trying to work on my joke not yeah. all now not all of the whole experience was like that but you you would see some people that were kind of like ah, is this? Ah. yeah but, you know it's either it's either funny or it isn't you know yeah i, I mean and so um anyway so th- th- what i was saying earlier is all these people got with this hey we are all charlotte we are all you know standing yeah. with this with this person and and with this group and we're letting you guys know that nothing's wrong just because you're offended doesn't mean you should shut somebody down well apparently there's a comedian there um and i don't want to fuck up his name but it's french so y'all just gonna have to bear with it but it's like do all donate do it donate imbala imbala who's a comedian and he got arrested for being an apologist for terrorism after suggesting on Facebook that he sympathized with one of the Paris gunmen. Now, um, this is the same people that were all supposedly standing with this government and the French people as a bastion of free speech. And it's been, what, a week? Y'all locking niggas up for making jokes? Yeah. Is he funny? Uh, I don't know. Never heard of him before. I mean, it's just funny that uh, according to according to this, I mean, it doesn't matter how funny it is, right? Right. I guess, yeah, according I guess. to the people that was defending Charlie Hebdo, maybe you don't think it's funny. Well, who gives a fuck? It. Right. I get to do whatever I want to. You say I you find it offensive for us to mock your deity? Fuck you. We get to do that. That's the point. And this guy says um something on his Facebook page, and they're like, Mm-mm, arrest this nigga. Oh my. Prosecutors had opened the case against him on Monday after he wrote, Tonight, as far as I'm concerned, I feel like Charlet Kalubali, uh, mixing the slogan, Jesus, uh, Charlet, which is We Are All Charlie, used in uh, tribute to journalists killed at magazine Charlet Abdel with, oh, excuse me, with a reverence to the gunman, Amadi Kalubali. Uh, he was arrested on Wednesday night. So he basically said he identified with Charlie with the with with both parties. Uh Calabi killed four uh I mean Calabali killed four people at a Jewish supermarket on Friday and police and a police officer the day before. The comedian made international headlines in 2013 when French footballer Nicolas Anelka was banned for five matches by English football authorities for using a gesture created by uh Dale Don, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh that Many consider to echo the Nazi salute. He posted his controversial Facebook post after attending Sunday's Unity March against extremism that brought more than 1.5 million people onto the streets of Paris in the wake of the attacks. He described the march, considered the biggest rally in modern French history, as a magical moment comparable to the Big Bang. The French government has in the past banned him from his shows because they consider him to be anti-Semitic. He has removed the remark from his Facebook page. So this is the thing. 
freedom of speech shit flows one way that's all right you you got as much freedom as you want to against marginalized people right when you say any fucking thing you want to to about people that don't matter or people that are oppressed the people you know that are the um minority like against people that don't have power right so i just i just found that to be um kind of telling that they were actually uh throw a dude in jail a week after that you know uh more yeah go ahead chris my bad it's 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 hypocrisy man it's 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 just so pervasive and whatever wherever you go yeah dog it's just so funny man um that that shit you know hey uh we need some freedom of speech uh yeah you're right dog i i I agree with you you should be able to say whatever you want to about uh muslim people yeah yeah man let's talk about these jews throw this nigga in jail are you serious immediately (laughs) You will never work in this town again, son. Beat it, bum. <laughs> this is amazing, dude. Um, did you hear about this comedian who uh, apparently got um, got attacked by a uh, another, I guess, failed stand-up comedian um, in Seattle? Oh, vaguely, but just you have to tell the story because I didn't click on the link. But Dylan Avila, or maybe Dylan Avila was preparing to introduce the next comedian during a show at renter bar when a man rushed the stage and struck him twice with an aluminum bat wow yeah yeah other comedians and audience members wrestled the attacker to the ground before he could hit him again he was one more hit away from killing me said a villa who suffered a fractured skull but no brain damage god damn mm-hmm. yeah shit got real um did they well i'll let you finish the article sorry uh no problem no problem uh other comedian i mean he was one more hit away from killing me he said um witnesses said the assailant assailant uh identified as stephen baldwin tried out his own comedy routines a week few weeks ago but it bombed audiences were apparently turned off by the act in which he claimed he claimed to be jesus christ and told a series of offensive jokes it was offenses on every level and i don't get offended easily i'm a comic said the villa Baldwin continued to perform the routine, so Avila banned him from the show. Never have I kicked a comic off my stage, but this guy wasn't a comic. Yeah, they said dude was like pretend to be Jesus, and then he would take like the Bible and use it like you would a sex toy and shit. Yeah, and yeah. he thought that shit was. Funny. He's on that Shia LaBeouf uh, performance <laughs> art shit, right? <laughs> yeah, and this one thing, if it's funny, that goes back to what we were talking about before how everybody uh, think they can make them jokes then when they get into in front of a live studio audience people are like boo you suck boo yeah it's hard but it ain't you know it's one of those things where it's like it is hard but it ain't it's not coal mining yeah he's got three children um uh, so uh, and he said he hopes to get some new material out of being beaten up so comic to the end true and 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 i think my thing is like for him to ban him he was like you're bad and don't come back <laughs> yeah. yeah just res- like if you disrespect the room like you can't you know you don't and, and the people there and you do you know they're they have the right to say you can't come back you're banned from you're banned from this bar you're banned from this club for whatever reason even even if it's on some some petty shit it's what about people- what about freedom of speech first amendment rights well, it's it's about 
<laughs> I think it's about how you uh, behave. I mean, you can right. say whatever you want to say, but there's consequences to that shit too. Right. Correct. No, nah, I'm just joking. That's was, uh, yeah. That's what? obviously not a First Amendment. Um, mm-hmm. that's obviously not a First Amendment problem. It's it's funny though. I, he should have been making jokes when he was hitting them with the bat, and then. Like that would have been funny. Like, looks like you're gonna make a short stop at the hospital. Slap. Ow! Yeah. Won't be fooled again. What's the basis for this attack? Slap. <laughs> like that would have been good, man. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, his friends are pa- planning a pair of benefits next week to help him with his medical bills. I um, hope they raise enough too. No one. Uh, no word on what happened to Jesus. He need to be charged. I just, I'm just want to know if you're a religious person, how do you know he wasn't Jesus? Mm. Hmm? Maybe this is the way he would come back. Mm. Last time y'all fucked him up with them, them nails. And <laughs> yeah. Y'all stabbed him, him in the side. Wide. He, he's coming back as Jay Buhner. People selling bad comedy jokes on stage. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I, I no. he's just coming back fucking people up crazy. Uh, for no reason. Yeah, he's like, there's, like there's so many, there's so many weirdos like that do that do this thing. Like it is, it is like very like a dark. It, it, it can be a dark field, but that's why. It's just, you have to be careful. You have to be mindful of who's in your circle. But at the same time, like those people are around that. Like, and I'm right. aware of that too. It's just these weird, scummy people. It, it attracts people that used to be lawyers, like the homie JL. Yeah. And then it attracts people <laughs> at, the, at the lower end of the spectrum, man. So, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting field. How come nobody ever has a JL Covan impression? Everybody, he has an impression of everybody else. Well, you know what, you know what, I've, since you brought that guy up, you know, yeah. he's, he's a good buddy of mine and, uh, yeah. he, he will, like, he all constantly, every time he's on here, he talks about taking my, my spot of being, I guess, what, what's the, what's the thing that you're I want? The, you're the, uh, you were voted the best guest yes. of 2013, uh, 2014 best mm-hmm. guest. Okay, and so he's constantly trying to take that spot. He wants your spot, so dog. Yeah, so he'll go. He'll go do a, an impression of me that's very uh, that's, that's unnuanced. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> very very trite <laughs> to try to uh, elevate himself. But you know, people take shots at the king. Yeah, that's all. It's jealousy, man. Okay. There's a reason why why Kendrick Lamar has his haters. Mm-hmm. Exactly, man. Uh, I, I love myself, you guys. <laughs> I, I love myself as well. Yeah. Um, man, Kendrick fucked up in that interview, didn't he? Well, I felt I felt bad about like I don't think he meant that maliciously. You know, like when he said we got to respect ourselves. Is that yeah. the part that everybody's upset about? Well, he said it the same way that white people say they don't see race and they think it's a compliment. Where you just, <sighs> where you like, ah, like, I know you mean well, but you are fucking up bad, man. Like you just, just knowing, and I like I like just knowing that dude's catalog, right? It's just like what he's, what it seems like he's trying to do from somebody that that that. Uh, that tries to interpret text, you know, that, you know, when you were 
when you when you read books and stuff, you try to get the meaning, extract the meaning out of it. Mm-hmm. You listen to his catalog and you think about what what he you think he stands for. I don't think he meant that maliciously, but he doesn't. Yeah, have, I don't. Well, I'm, for the record, I don't. I don't think most people think he meant it maliciously. Mm-mm. I just think people are still upset by it, mm-hmm. which you know they have the right to be. I mean, yeah. no one can decide that you know those people can't be upset by it. I, I had that same thing where I'm like, uh, I don't think that person meant that in a bad way. And I think this happens a lot more often than not, actually. Correct. Someone says something, it might be misinformed. It might be misguided. It might even just be like they hadn't thought about it, really. Um, yeah. And then the way the headlines are driven and the way that clicks are driven now with the with uh, the Internet age, everything has to be spun into something more... Yeah than what it was because i feel like his comments by themselves are uh they they can be somewhat inflammatory anyway just to most people that are kind of like following all these stories Mm -hmm. but if you leave with the headline that was just like uh kendrick lamar gives an interview about his new album most people don't even read that article no they don't it was supposed to be a puff piece right and then two if you if they do read the article and they get to those comments it becomes a Man, did, you, did y'all hear that thing that Kendrick said? Like, that is yeah. crazy. But what I feel like now what happens is if you do have a pub piece and you are able to get a quote like that where someone fucked up, um, and I don't even think they catch it at the time. I honestly do think they catch that shit in hindsight when they're looking for an angle. Mm-hmm. Cause, yeah. And the reason I don't think they catch it at the time is there's never follow-up questions. Because, like, if yeah. I was doing that interview, if Chris was doing that interview – I'm immediately like, okay, you got to clarify that. Cause like, nigga, what? Right. Like, nigga, you trying to die? You know, so like, you got to, you know, <laughs> like, like, uh, Deja Fell said, oh, black man, jump out the bushes, you know? Yeah, like Oprah did Raven Simone. <laughs> yeah, like when, yeah, when Raven Simone said that shit, Oprah was right there to be like, now, you know, you gonna get cussed out, right? Okay, cause you okay, know. I'm, I'm, I'm just letting you know. You I'm know. just letting you know. Right? I'm, I'm asking, I'm yeah. asking follow up questions, but, but if you want to hang yourself, go ahead on. But the headline kind of tells you like, hey, this is what this dude said. And I'm not trying to save anybody from that shit. Like, I like his music, but nope. I, I like, he gotta, he gotta own up to that shit, man. He said something that he obviously hadn't thought about or, I mean, that's best case scenario. He just hadn't thought about it. Didn't think you'd get asked that question. Didn't have a prepared, a actual, prepare answer um and maybe he'll you know maybe it'll reach him some of the criticism maybe he'll come back and provide like some clarity or even you know back off of that statement but i don't know ain't got shit to do with me enjoying his album i'm still yeah, listening to it i just don't like when it's something you know it was, it was it's kind of like when there's when you have people that you root for right uh and you want them to you want them to be this per not necessarily a perfect person but it's like it, it made me feel bad. I was like, God damn it, Kendrick. Yeah, I felt bad too because of, I, like, I always feel a little squeamish when celebrities fuck up that don't seem to mean to. Yeah. Like, I yeah. wish there was, like, another category, and maybe there is, and I just, I'm not privy to it because, like, most of the time when I see the outrage on Twitter, I'm kind of on the outskirts of the outrage, so it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, oh, those people that are always mad are mad at Kendrick today. And uh-huh. they were mad at Oprah last week, and they were right. mad at right. someone else. So, like, I kind of drown those people out. Me too. But on the podcast, I have a distinct, like, 
different feeling for certain like don lemon i feel is like at this point malicious like he yeah. he wants mm-hmm. he like he wants to hurt black people uh some he's of the things that, he's got that sergeant waters <laughs> a soldier story sergeant waters. yes just that that's who he is like that's who <laughs> like it's like this self-hating yes. and he's gay so right. it's like it's like god like it's like he just <laughs> and i thought because i thought that he was i met him before like i oh. told you that did he call did he call you a geechee nigga yes and it's <laughs> oh lord but he, he i i went to i was i met him at this barbershop in astor place like maybe like a year in the village right before i mean i've been in the city for about a year and uh and i and i was like he had done this story about violence in chicago like six or seven years ago before it was the hot shit before rappers were rapping about how bad it was and it it was like oh he like followed this little black girl like on her route like she had to walk out of, outside of the way so she could avoid violence just to get to class and all this shit and i was like oh this is a great fucking piece and like he was the only guy really talking about it and he was mm-hmm. it was on a saturday he was talking about this shit I was like, yo, are you Don Lemon? He's like, yeah, man. And I like dapped him up or whatever. I was like, I like that. I, like, I like that story that you did, you know. And now he's like, these niggers need to pull their pants up. <laughs> I was like, no. Right, right. And, and it's funny though because for me, like him, uh, Charles Barkley. Yeah. Like they, like to me, I have a separate category. Now I haven't even asked, or do I really care? But. I, I always get the feeling that other people are just kind of like the anger thing of the day and mm-hmm. that's where they roll. And I'm just more like, to me, I have a separate, like Oprah f- fucked up when she said she didn't see any leadership coming out of Ferguson. Right. Like I just looked at it like that's a gaffe, but it's not, she's not actively trying to d- d- to down those people. Yeah. You know, some people will treat it that way. I don't, I won't agree with those people. I feel like Oprah can still be an 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 an, an asset mm-hmm. uh, to to not just to black people but just people in general. I don't think feel like she's trying to be evil. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's how I feel about Kendrick. Like, yeah, he fucked up. I mean, it's yeah, it's up to you to decide how much weight you put on people fucking up. I don't put a lot of weight on people fucking up because I, I know anyone could fuck up. Anybody, you know, I, I don't. You know, and then also I just want to address this because I saw it in chat. Someone was saying the problem with Charlotte Hebdo is that they were punching down. I don't believe in that. Just yeah, for the record, I'll punch up and all that shit. Yeah, I don't believe in that. Like I, I, a lot of people go, well, the problem with the it's only satire if you're punching up. I don't, I don't believe in that. That's not true. That's not true. You know, I it's funny because um you'll see people that give Patrice O'Neill props say shit like that. And you're like. Teresa O'Neill can make some like funny ass misogynistic jokes, mm-hmm. and he and when he was alive, right? They were funny as shit, and yeah. when he was alive, people weren't on on his dick as much. A lot of people didn't as like they him. are now. Now he's everybody's favorite. He's like Martin Luther King of comedians, right? He's everybody's yeah. fa- favorite dead comedian. But when he was alive, there was a lot of like I don't like that nigga. So, right. So I, yeah. it's just funny to me to watch you know how the shit changes because as far as I'm concerned. That motherfucker was funny as shit, and you could still deem those jokes as quote unquote punching down. 
mm-hmm. but they were still very funny it's not you know correct th- some of this shit just isn't funny and then it's like mm-hmm. when people get called out on it not being funny it's uh, freedom of speech satire it's like no, no. it's just anytime, not funny yeah anytime you have to tell somebody what comedy is and what you're supposed to do it's like you're not really it's like are you really fucking doing comedy now right it's like right. this do like it's a it's different from like it's like show like don't tell show right like you you do the you do the work you get beat up in these open mics and in these bars and you get to the we get to a point where you get an opportunity to play in a club then you show these motherfuckers what what it is after a joke has been refined and it, you fall on your ass or you say something that doesn't you you have to you you hold, you sharpen the it's like a razor blade. You sharpen it up. Like you right. sharpen your tools. It's right. just like, you know, and that, and that's what you got to do. And, and a lot of people don't see that work. Like I, like Kevin Hart, people just see the finished product. They see him in the movie. They see him, you know, it's mm-hmm. the whole, you ain't, you weren't with me when I was in the gym thing. You know, well, you know what? If speaking of athlete comparison, it feels to me like when people say so-and-so isn't the greatest player because he doesn't, come from behind to win games and you're like yeah but that's because he be kicking your ass so bad yeah you know like how people don't go need to come from behind i don't think floyd mayweather is a good boxer you like he, he whooped everybody's ass though like yeah. it's like you want to see him lose to solidify him being great and that to me is the opposite of greatness like right you don't have to do that to be great like you mm-hmm. can actually the greatest ever would probably just whoop everybody's ass and nobody ever goes or, or not nobody. A lot of people go, well, he don't ever fight nobody. It's like, well, no, they become nobodies after he kicks their ass. They were somebody leading up to that ass whooping. Mm-hmm. And then they lost and suddenly they don't count. That's how I feel with the punching down shit with comedy is like, uh, everybody kind of wants this like, no, you need to fit this format and like overcome these obstacles in order for me to laugh with you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if you set the joke up right, it don't matter. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I watch, I think Daniel Tosh is uh, fucking hilarious. Me too. And you can make an argument, his whole routine is punching down. Yes, it is. Yeah. You know, um, and I think it's more complex than that. I think the real butt of the joke is that he's an asshole and you're kind of laughing at his assholishness. Mm-hmm. You know, like he puts himself on stage to be like, I'm not a good person. These are the things I think about. Well, it's just like, and it's, I think it's the same as like athletics. It's just like, do you like, do you like the way Marshawn Lynch runs or do you like the way like, uh, Eric Metcalf used to run? Right. You know what I mean? right. Like, like Marshawn Lynch runs like a Negro spiritual. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. like, and it's just like Eric Metcalf was, runs like a, ran like a gazelle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just, it's they're they're both they're different ways to get to the same end end point to get to the end zone right so it's like if if you it's just a different style man it's like and a comedian might not be for you right i don't think all comedians are for everybody but there's this idea of like you can't be good unless it's the way i deem you to be good and i I just don't believe that shit man Uh, Mm -hmm. i just wanted to clarify that shit um we make a lot of jokes about uh ironically i mean we just made jokes about this friday uh dmx has some songs that sound very um homoerotic uh, he looks sick on that album cover what album cover doesn't he have a new album out 
How, coming off? I think the, he you you so. you would know that, not me. I think it, I know the reason things why, that don't make news for me is DMX coming out with new albums in 2014. I, I, I seen the cover, but I didn't know it was a real album, so that's why I was like, yeah. Well, he was performing because we made some jokes. I don't know if he got a premium subscription or what, but um, we were making some jokes <laughs> about Party Up. And how it is very um homoerotic, man. It's a mm-hmm. lot of you never been to jail before, suck my dick. Mm-hmm. Um, I slap you with my dick in the mic. Um, you know, uh, it's a you know, all you and your man's gonna get run up in quick, get done quick. Um, so so he he was performing last night and uh, he had to take a break to clarify some uh, some comments here. <laughs> After a right. Hold on, what'd you say, Chris? After like 10 plus years of... Well, you about to see. Yeah. All right. There's a few, there's a few that I fuck with. That's right. There's a few that I fuck with. I ain't ever had a dick in my mouth a day in my life. I ain't ever had a dick in my mouth a day in my life. But I fuck with these niggas. Hard bodies, son. How we do, baby? Hard bodies. Hey, I'm back to back. That's right. Back to back. That's right. That's right. The gun for these niggas on stage right now. And there's one more thing that they fuck with my mother. That's right. That's all it is. No doubt. That's all it is. Make some noise. The long way. The long way. For my brother. So he just wanted to let us know. He wanted to make that clear. In case oh, yeah. you guys didn't know, he fucks with his niggas, Ghostface Killer and Raekwon, who were on stage with him. But he, but he has never, never had, had a dick, dick in his mouth a day in his life. Never had a dick. I might rap about it, but I've never had a dick in my mouth. Okay, guys? He never had a, di- a dick in, in his mouth a day in his life. So you guys never. can all calm the Rest. fuck down. You That's enough. Go to sleep peacefully. Yeah. Enough with the jokes, everybody. It was cute at first, but uh, he's never had Dickens mouth day his life. All right, he's delivered. <laughs> uh, Nancy Grace and Two Chains um did a segment about pot uh yesterday on her show. Oh, um, what what, what happened to the news? I don't know. Like Two news, Chains news don't exist. Two Chains is on my like I. I I didn't believe it when people were tweeting it like damn two chains giving Nancy Grace the business I was like why is they even talking to each other that sounds like a sentence that doesn't make sense right why is he on her show again talking about pot store in his own right known as two chains also Tahid Epps also Titty Boy with us uh, from my old stomping grounds College Park Georgia now one of the most famous rap stars in the world. You know, Two Chains, uh, first of all, thank you for being with us. You're a star. So many people, so many teens, so many young adults look up to you. Can I ask you, when you hear about cases like this, why do you still support the legalization of marijuana? Because, you know, I know your persona it's different from your rap persona. I know, for instance, you graduated with a 4.0 that you got 
a scholarship. Uh, that's two chains. Happy birthday, Jam Records. Um, what all the guys have on regular clothes and the women have on skin tight uh, leopard suits? You know, I, I don't know the answer to that. But <laughs> why do you advocate legalization of pot when you hear stories like what I'm talking about? Well, from the stories that I just heard you talk about, they were um, they had alcohol included, which we all know, um, you know, cause you to black out, forget things, and have memory loss. They also dealt with irresponsible. Okay, um, am I the only one that was a little thrown back by um, Two Chains answering that question with no ignorance inside of him at all? Oh, he no, he yeah, the, I've heard him speak for mm -mm, no ignorance none but he's like regularly talking people are like what this can't be the same person yeah i really was expecting some ignorant to come out of his mouth you ain't the little john thing like the little john thing that he was doing like the Chappelle show skits it feels like that yeah he's well first of all uh alcohol was involved in several of the incidents uh heretofore mentioned I'm like god damn like i was expecting to be like uh, girl, I'm smoking on that gas. Life is on mm -hmm. that Cinemax. That's who she thought she was going to get. That's why she was talking about, oh, my old stumping grounds. And right. it's like, yeah, do you really know who you're talking with, honey? Back to the interview. Responsible people. I don't think that you could put an umbrella on the whole community off these few incidents that you just named. Oh, what so what community is that? The, the, smoke, the smokers, the stoners community. I just feel like you can't use these particular stories. Okay, to so define everybody Daddy, that has recreational I'm not defining, use. I'm not defining everybody, okay? So don't throw me in that pot and stew me. What I'm saying is <laughs> legalizing <laughs> pot ends Miss up... Pot, stew me. Don't throw me in that pot and stew me, okay? That's hilarious. Dude, what is her sex like? It's got to be the worst. I want to give me some of that big old black dick now. Come mm -hmm. on. <laughs> give me some... No, she definitely says cock. She 100%. Yeah, she's a cock woman. Yeah. Give me some cock. No, no thanks, Nancy. Come on now. In the stoner community. No thanks, Nancy. <laughs> and stories like this. Uh, and you, with so many people looking up to you, advocate legalization of pot. And, and I don't get it. I mean, I've seen video of you smoking a big fat doobie i mean i've read your <laughs> lyrics i know what you say in your songs but when you hear stories like the mom and the dad on the front porch the baby dies in a fire then um th then my next story uh, everybody that's two chains twitter account that's him smoking pot and uh while i have you why the two chains just curious uh two what? chains was obviously my um wait what? Well, how did she get to that question after saying all that? I don't know. Why two chains? I mean, people letting their babies die because they're smoking the, the, the pot. And then you got people that are out here like they're raping puppies on high on marijuana. And yeah, like um, an old woman, she got a doobie. Yeah, and, and what was it like working with Drake? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. How did you feel working on Two Broke Girls? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Is the blonde one really nice? She's really, she seems like, oh my God. 
i mean you got you got the cia selling drugs to the black community you got all kinds of crime that's happening because of black on black crime and you you got all kind you got the story about the people that did marijuana that ate so much marijuana they went and tried to assassinate the president how do you think Nicki minaj's ass is real <laughs> go, go ahead two chains i'm listening oh all right what else is which one <laughs> you like pizza hunter papa john's uh two chains was obviously my um second time you know coming around as far as a rapper my first name was titty boy but the name came from an internal uh thing with my mom me being an only child me being a spoiled brat me being breastfed so the whole family called me titty but then when it was time for me to really go out here and make a name for myself, um, I figured like two chains could significant um, could obviously mean this would be my second chance. And then one chain being who I am and another chain basically being what I thrive to be. So it has a little deeper meaning. You know, in one of Bobby your Rand lyrics, Jerry. you say, I don't fear death or dying. I only fear not trying. And yeah. some of your lyrics are so incredible but then other of your lyrics advocates a different by the way on the screen it says that pussy pop like pyro and she know i'm a pothead that pussy like a pothole (laughs) (laughs) kind of lifestyle a different kind of lifestyle that i don't think you would want little children exposed to i mean do you why do no i don't understand why people say that because legalization of pot doesn't mean little children get pot. Right. No, it doesn't. It means it's regulated the same way. It will actually be safer because kids shouldn't be able to get it. It's like how kids aren't able, aren't supposed to be able to get alcohol as opposed to weed, you know? You know what this shit is, though, really? It, to me, it reminds me of, like, pro wrestling or what she's doing. She's kind of dumbing herself down mm-hmm. while he's, like, being he i don't think while he's not she's doing the opposite of what two chains is like two chains like well i think you know my i was on my mother's titty a lot so they named me (laughs) titty boy and now she's just trying to be she seems like she's dumbing herself down to like really play into a role it's almost like she's playing more of a role than he does when he raps right right it's just like me you're doing this music and you know it's just kind of like uh right come on, come on like she gonna go get high after this the taping yeah. shit she might and, and and i think the the question that i have is like why is it that they always want to pull rappers on and question them about their lyrics when other genre of music says just as much fucked up shit or even more fucked up shit but you never bring them on to about let's talk about your lyrics that you sing in this hard rock song or yeah. this such such a song like that's why i have a problem with with how they attack because it's basically a form of attackment to say you live these lyrics because jack white ain't, ain't accepting no phone calls from cnn true now um let's go on some more interview you have children I have two beautiful little girls, and I'm a great father. I just feel like, you know, everybody should basically take care of their own. You have kids, too, as well, right? So it's about governing your own household. It's about um, taking care of your own property. It's about having some kind of structure in anything. I hear you. I hear you, T-Train. I I hear you. But what I'm saying to you, 
is this. People listen to you. And while you may be able to get high and your children are kept away from that and they're not growing up like that is my guess, is my hope, other people don't have the advantages that you have. Okay, Liz, show me the video of Jessica Gamble out of Ohio. This mom, look at this, Two Chains, this mom making her two-year-old child smoke pot. Watch this. I want you to watch it. Is she playing some 2 chains in the look background? Look this baby. That's what I was telling you earlier about trying to classify her as uh, something that we would all do once we would smoke a joint. I feel right. like she was irresponsible. I feel like she was a bonehead. That was an imbecile move. Anybody that loves their kid definitely knows not to put them in harm's way, and that's what she did. So I don't agree with that at all. I mean, she may have mental issues. It may be something deeper than a joint, I believe. Well, you know what? There's some, there is something deeper than a joint, and that's well put. Because what she's doing is child abuse. And what I'm trying to say to you is that if this is legalized, then mm -hmm. everybody is going to have unlimited access to pot. What? That's not true. That's not true. Why do people think if you legalize pot, it's just going to be marijuana in the street, marijuana up your ass, marijuana is going to rain marijuana? What the fuck is wrong with yeah, people? Actually, right now, we have more availability to get to pot than we would if it was legal, if you really want to be honest, because it's not regulated. So right. there's no restriction on who you're going to sell it to because it's all restricted. So. I might as well sell to a 10-year-old. I might as well sell to a fucking person that got a criminal record. I might as well sell to somebody that does whatever cause because it's, no it's a criminal act, you know, right. whereas if the government was regulating it, you would actually have some sort of standards to live up to in order to sell this stuff. It's to like everybody's going to get the contra code for weed. Yeah, exactly. Unlimited <laughs> weed! Right. The same people, the same way people uh, act a fool about alcohol and you don't see them banning alcohol and people die, people die from... Uh, drunk driving and alcohol related diseases all the time. All the time. Irresponsible child abusers are going to have um, free I'm access. I'm not sure if you know, but everybody has uh, the ability to get their hands on pot right now, whether it's legal or not. I just feel like if you legalize this particular drug, it could cut out certain um, things in the, in the um, criminal justice system as like far what? as the overcrowding of prisons, as far as. Um, putting us on our criminal record to prevent us from getting loans, prevent us from getting uh, homes. Um, well, just the whole thing around that, recreational weed is not making any sense if to me. If you want to qualify for a, a home, we're living then why don't you just not smoke pot? We live, Why just not we're in a deficit right now. We got to try to find ways on getting out. So I figure if we got half of the states legalizing pot, if the rest of the community legalizes pot, that frees up taxpayers' money. That allows us to do something with this extra funds as far as fixing everything from I don't a know what you're saying about freezing, freeing up so taxpayers' down money. What do you yeah. mean free up taxpayers' money? Well, well, what is that? For me, I'm a, for me, I'm a taxpayer, okay? And all I have right. one example. For me, I'm a taxpayer. My yeah. bus get pulled over, and they say they smell weed like they do all the time, okay? They find a grind on my bus that has .01 of residue inside of it. Okay, they lock me up. They strip me. They try, and then they find out I'm a rapper, and they want to know how fine is Nicki Minaj. They want to take pictures, <laughs> and they want to let me go. They obviously charge me with .01. I go to, I go to court. I go to trial. And then they say, you 
pack your own bags. Is this your grind? I tell them no. Well, who pack your bags? They find out my security does it. They drop my case, and then they pick it up on my security, who obviously beats the case. If that's not a waste of taxpayers' time and money, right. I don't know what it is. Mm. All right. I'm not <laughs> disagreeing with you. Yeah, they want to buy a 2 chains album right now. Nigga, first of all, that all makes sense. Like, it yeah. was a, it was a second where I was like, nah, like I was rooting for him. Like, just bring it on, brother. You can, you almost got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. He must have just seen Selma. But, uh, yeah. he had a good answer, man. Like, he brought that shit home. Like, I remember when, um, we used to listen to Where's My 40 Acres and they would play clips of him in interviews and I was like, this nigga actually smart. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, when I saw him going on here with Nancy Grace, I was like, it don't really matter how smart you are typically because they just shout over you. So you could be correct in everything you say. And then she just keeps badgering you until you're like, okay, bitch, you win. I don't know. Like you, you got this. But, uh, he actually persevered and stuck it out. And my favorite part, I'm going to play it again just in a second, but my favorite part is after that answer, she's just, you could just hear it for a second speechless she didn't even know what she just goes okay like she didn't even know how to counter his logic because she didn't know he was gonna respond like that yeah is, is this your grind i tell them no well who pack your bags they find out my security does it they drop my case and then they pick it up on my security who obviously beats the case if that's not a waste of taxpayers time and money i don't know what it is all right <laughs> yes i'm not disagreeing with you that that was a big big to do about finding what one joint but what i'm talking to you about okay fine it wasn't even a joint the point wasn't is still even same. a joint complete waste what of I'm my talking money to and you time. about is something different now i know you don't want to see this because uh, it's funny they're putting comments from twitter and facebook for about the interview on her screen mm-hmm. and the comments aren't really favorable to her like, she fired your ass up. They don't realize that these rappers are smart, man. It takes a lot to be able to write the the lyrics that they write, even though they may sound ignorant mm-hmm. and distasteful right. and all these things. But uh, it's, a, it's a lot to do that, to, to actually deliver those rhymes. And yeah. to, it, it takes a lot. Yeah, I'm not willing to say that they all smart. Not all of but, them, not all but I'm willing to say that um, there, if you don't have respect you for for anybody, really, yeah, you will find yourself surprised more often than not because people don't really navigate life so haphazardly as so haphazardly and still, you know, manage to have a fruitful career like this. Like yeah, she, didn't, she didn't know who she was stepping in the ring with. She, right. Yeah, she had no, well, I, she had no idea, and she didn't realize how much she knew because he, he, she was like, "Well, taxpayer money." Like, yeah, because you know what, the state <laughs> taxpayers' money went to take me to court, turn around, yeah. take my security guard to court, wasting my money, wasting y'all money, just wasting fucking money. Yeah, he's like, "I'm a taxpayer, right?" So, so yeah. me. You know what I mean? Right. What taxpayers? Me, bitch. He he hit her with the uppercut when he said he was a, ta- a taxpayer. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what stunned her, and then he just kept hitting her with the jab. Hitting her, hitting her, hitting her, hitting her, hitting her. Let me finish. It's almost done. It's not fitting with your argument. All right, and what you're saying is not fitting with my argument. All right, Liz, show him. Uh, let's go with Crystal Weber, a mom and her friends giving the two-year-old daughter pop 
and letting the kid smoke pot. Okay, everybody is not responsible to change. Everybody shouldn't okay. have free access to go get pot like you get orange juice at the grocery store. Like right? you order it up like a pizza. I, Look I at this child. I don't even get my I don't even give my daughter uh a, a drink, caffeine, at two Me years either. old. I feel like it may be too strong for them. So, I mean, that's just something that you have to govern in your own household. Look, look, Everyone look, look, knows that look. this is obviously wrong. Look, 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 look. Look at, you're looking at the camera. Look at the monitor. Do you see that child? Now, this kid may need marijuana when he's about 16 because he may, you know, have some other things going on. But obviously, you know, two years old. I don't even old. know what you're talking about. Now, let's just talk about you for a minute. <laughs> you know you what I'm talking about. You went to college. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. On <laughs> a sports scholarship. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> she tried to change that subject. Did you not? Yes, oh. and I'm very what she said. So what was he she? may, you know, have some other things going on, but obviously, you know, two years old. I don't even old. know what you're talking about. Now, let's just talk about you for a minute. <laughs> you know, you what I'm went to about. college. You went you to college on a sports scholarship, did you not? Yes, and I'm very intelligent, and 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 smoking pot for me. Can I get back to you in high school when you, you were can. 16 and you were on a basketball scholarship, as I recall? Yeah. Were you were you using pot then? Uh, uh I was, I was, I was selling. You're an then. athlete. Yeah, I was selling. <laughs> selling. It. Oh yes. Oh. I was distributing uh, pharmaceuticals throughout. So, so, yeah, I was distributing. I was a street pharmaceutical salesman, ma'am. Okay. Not a drug dealer. I was, I was selling. Yeah, pot bitch. Then. Yeah, I was selling pot then. And would you want your children to do that? Nah, but it was a means. And why for me. is that? It was a way of living. It was a way of living. Why for don't me. you want your children to do it, man? Because I did it for them. I, I sacrificed that so they won't have to do that. Woo! Mm. Hopefully did that. So hopefully, all right. So that's that's that was the uh, Nancy Grace versus Two Chains, man. I feel yeah, like Two Chains won that, man. He did win. Um, I just think it's uh, amazing that right. They, he was like, "It's not good." It's, it's like you trying to catch him in a corner. He's like, "Bitch, I know that shit is wrong." Right. A black person on that show for two months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like who are we gonna book tonight? Uh, well, we Nobody can get uh, we can get fabulous to talk about gun control. Nope. 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 Next. Mm -mm -mm. Next. Oh. Mm -hmm. We get killer Mike talk about Ferguson. Nope. 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 Mm -hmm. nope. We passing. Uh, all right, it's time to get into our segments. All right, mm -hmm. and here's our brand new segment that we didn't have when back when uh, Chris, Chris was coming on. on the show, but uh, we have it now. It's the baller alert segment. Okay. all right we have uh 
some 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 articles from baller alert chris i'll let you pick one and we'll go and read that and, and the comments okay here are your choices groupie tales now groupie tales is about when women sleep with dudes and then they go on ball alert and they tell all the details allegedly. okay groupie tales i met d ray davis in chicago groupie tales my night with Co- comedian Corey holcomb uh number three baller relate ballerific relationships do i really want to date a baller by queen ivania uh number four miami condo wants to kick birdman out and number five how to become a rapper in 2015 by at nick so fly wow let's go with Corey holcomb all right let's see group of tales who slept with this dude uh cory holcomb uh pretty funny dude man mm-hmm. i met him uh last last year i want to say cool dude yeah he's great on um on uh black jesus yeah and uh obviously uh his stand-up reminds me a bit of patrice o'neill without like the social commentary yeah he's but, just more like <laughs> i hate <laughs> i really hate one <laughs> he's so good <laughs> he's so good he's so bad Oh uh, my God! He, he and I bonded a little bit for a couple minutes on about black quarterback. Oh, that's what's up, man. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, this one says, "Oh, don't you think them big fine things aren't getting a little groupy loving too? We got a groupy tail in of <laughs> comedian Corey Holcomb. You may know him from Wildin' Out, The Cleveland Show, as Robert Tubbs. I realized that the other day, by the way." Oh. Oh. Yeah, I, I was listening to him. I said, "God damn it, that's Corey Holcomb." Why it took yeah. me so long? I don't know. And Twitter because he follows everybody. Well, now you remember him from this tale. Disclaimer: Groupie tales are submitted by our readers. We cannot confirm with one hundred percent accuracy of any story posted. <clears throat> I can't believe I'm writing this or even telling this, since I'm really not the type to do things such as this. I had the chance to see Corey Holcomb live at a comedy show. I was very turned on by his filthy mouth, especially since I'm so conservative and have been raised to be respectful. (laughs) I can see her in the front row crossing and uncrossing them legs. I was always fond of really aggressive and strong men. I was sold that I would get him very soon if I ever approached him. Fast forward to Florida where he had another show and I happened to visit my big sis. He had a show there and I made sure to dress sexy yet casual. After his show was over, I hung around, he hung around greeting fans and whatnot. I had my best friend with me who was drunk off her ass and approached him. I got nervous for some odd reason and apologized for her to which led to, which led to us talking and exchanging numbers, which later led to us meeting up that night. Pretty much he fucked my brains out. Oh Lord. His dick is huge, hung like a horse. If I were to put him in a category, it would be next to John Sally, and that says a lot. So I guess humble brag, she fucked John Sally too. I don't. Apparently so. I don't know. Is he like the go-to dick measurement on? Uh, apparently so. Well, I, don't I don't know. know. We probably got a John Sally in the bottle alert somewhere. Yeah. Pretty old then. To be, <laughs> to oh, be, whatever. <laughs> to be honest. There was nothing I could do with that because it was a challenge, and I'm damn sure not about to ride that thing. No, ma'am, not me, not today. I ended up trying just just out of curiosity, which hurt, but hurt good. 
it was really a one time only but i made sure i sucked his before he left town again i guess dick is missing in that sentence apparently so it it all it's always those men that are very loud and vulgar that either have something they can back it up or just overcompensating let's just say he's choice number one uh and then our girl the editorial uh from 11 8 said dear reader send in that john selly tale though <laughs> right they picked up on that too and the comments ahab magnum says who this man oh lord so apparently she don't know court hope brazil says i don't know why but this made me giggle the whole time busy signal aka spicy said yes i want to read about jay sally they're like fuck you let's read about that hey about that dude chaco says she was funny and desiree says man doesn't sound real like 95 percent of them all these tales have some sort of language and word use and that was it i don't even know what that means have this oh they have the same sort of language and word use all right well apparently uh a girl uh desiree doesn't believe it but that's the group of tale from ball alert today let me play my outro music. All right. Don't we all need a five star bitch? You know. I like to think so. You know. Mm. Um, <laughs> I only read five star reviews, so why wouldn't I want five right. star bitch? Correct. Um, <laughs> I like that. That's a compliment. Like, girl, you a five-star bitch. Mm. Um, so, uh, we gotta play our games. Uh, it's time for fucking with black people. We're just fucking with those black people. We're just fucking with those blacks. We're just fucking with fucking with black people. That's right, guys. It's time to play the game that we all hate to play. It's fucking with black people where we read articles from uh, all around the world and we'll sign point score from zero to 100 in intervals of 25 for how much we feel fucked with as black people. Uh, today's contestant is everybody. Um, Chris, pick a number from 1 to 30, man. 21. 21. All right. Let's see. 5, 8, 11, 14, 17, 19, 20, 21. Oh, oh, this is old, but uh, Ferguson was witness 40 even there. <laughs> there was a witness. I'm sorry, guys, that I picked that one. Uh, well, I'm, you know, I'll just short story this because it's like a seven minute video, but basically oh, yeah. there was, there was a witness there. Chris Hayes went into the case, but, um, she was lying like shit and none of that shit happened and she was racist and she was calling people she was saying she was in ferguson that day to meet black people so she would like have a reason to stop calling us niggers and shit like that like it was bad 100 her timeline was written out like bullet points not like an actual journal and it was just someone who had heard darren wilson's account of what happened and then basically decided to go corroborate it out of pure racism 
Oh yeah. So a uh, hundred for me. Oh yeah, you ain't got to play nothing. Yeah, yeah okay. this is a quick one. All right, and Chris, a hundred. I'm assuming. Hundred, yeah. All right, Karen, you pick a number. Let's go. We want to do number one. Number one, Las Vegas sociopath cop won't be fired for his online post about a race war and shooting Obama. That's right. Why why fire him? What did he do wrong? You know? Uh, A Las Vegas police detective will keep his job despite drawing criticism from colleagues and local activists for his online post about a race war and anti-government rhetoric. The government he works for. Right. Some of Detective Bobby Kinch's co-workers reportedly brought the December 2013 Facebook post to the attention of superiors. Kinch told the son that he was the victim of department politics. He was recently allowed to go How back. How was you being racist? Mm-hmm. Attention of. How's it? Um, you mean, how's it department politics? Right. Uh, apparently they all racist, but he got reported on because they don't like him. Uh, okay. 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 He was recently allowed to go back on duty following an extended suspension and internal investigation. With pay, right? Because it got to be with pay. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. Let's just get this over with, Kench wrote in one post. Race war, civil revolution? Bring it. I'm about as fed up as a man, American, Christian, white, heterosexual can get. He was mm. like, really explained that. He hitting all the stereotypes. But what about your co-heterosexual, blue-eyed? <laughs> brown hair at least one colleague later compared his statements to kind of posts made by gerard and amanda miller before they shot and killed two las vegas police department officers it's obviously coming to a bowling point i say fuck it kent stated in an angry post i'm ready now sooner or later i would say sooner than later thought i could make a difference thought it would get better see the morale fabric of this country get so trampled i want to call it game on I think we need a cleansing. Just me? What say you? And this fucker kept his job? Of course. 700 likes, probably. I don't know. Se- what was this at again? Say what? What, what town? Uh, what town Los, was it? Las, Las Vegas? Vegas okay, yeah. They don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so There's like gambling bitches, women, hoes. We don't care. Several right. of his fellow detectives expressed concern over the post at the time with one asking him not to share his views on this stupid thing called facebook yeah blame the thing yeah it's not that your views are stupid it's just the facebook filter is making them dumb you've lost your mind said detective joe gamioni and uh this may be the dumbest shit you've ever posted that's saying a lot <laughs> like i read your shit and you said some dumb shit but this takes the cake deputy chief gary stofield former head of the department's internal affairs division alerted the secret service the following month regarding his online activity allegedly saying that a highly trained officer in las vegas with access to weapons could be a threat to the president but former clark county sheriff doug gillespie stepped in less than an hour before federal officials raided kench's home it was about to be a disaster, one police official told the Sun. We had 30 minutes until doors were being kicked in. The Sun also reported that Kinch conducted an investigation in 2007 on his own concerning the death of his mother after a robbery. Kinch reportedly believes a black gang killed her despite a lack of evidence suggesting that the attacker was either black or in a gang. A department spokesperson said the case is currently cold. He probably did it. 
everybody liked bobby a fellow officer said but whatever happened to his mother affected him to the point where i'm not sure he should be on the streets interacting with citizens right i just like that uh you know they always got to find the pathology when white people fuck up it's always like you know if his mother wouldn't have been shot um i think things would have been so much better but but we don't want to fire him i mean Let's just keep letting them police these black neighborhoods. Right, you're supposed to be protecting us. It's not like he's Cobra. Right. It's not like he's like that. So I don't see what the problem is. It's not like he shot anybody today. You know? Um, Karen, were you going to say something? Mm, I forgot. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, investigators looking into Kench's case also received a photo taken by an unidentified union official of Kench pointing a handgun at a collectible plate with President Barack Obama's face on it. The plate was reportedly a gag gift from fellow officers. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Yeah, have him out there protecting and serving the people that he's talking about uh, killing, right? Yeah. Okay. Kench said that officers with an axe to grind targeted him after he complained about union leaders appearing at an election party for new sheriff Joe Lombardo. The union official, Kench, told the son intentionally held on to the picture before using it to try to discredit him. Kench, well, did they type in the Facebook post? Uh, no. Kench also insisted that his posts were taken out of context and he will focus future posts on gun control legislation and the alleged knockout game targeting, targeting people in New York City. Come on, man. Knockout Gang was so 2013. First of all, what context makes those comments okay? Right. Like, was the original post in the thread, wouldn't it be racist if someone said, and then he just start filling in blanks? <laughs> I didn't call for a race war. I said if there's going to be one, I didn't want there to be one. That comment had nothing to do with a particular race. I said all races. That's why it flies in the face of common sense to make that jump. But one officer who asked to be remain to remain anonymous because he's probably black told the son that keeping Kinch on the job could cost the department a chance to do the right thing. It would have been the easiest thing in the world to say, "Look, you're upset with what's going on in Ferguson. Well, we had an officer here that did this crap, and we fired him, but we dropped the ball." Laura Martin, a member of the Progressive Leadership Alliance of Nevada, also expressed her doubts about Kinch's ability to serve the public, calling his post incredibly scary. There are a lot of good cops, but some of them have really bad attitudes towards minorities, she said. They aren't mentally there. It would be a public service if you uh, don't have a sociopath with weapons going into people's houses and pulling them over. Karen? Oh, what was we talking about? A hundred. Okay. Uh, what about you, Chris? hundred. I also give it a hundred. Um, so uh, now let's play our other game. Now that it's time for some guest arrays. That's right, it's guest arrays time. Now that it's time for some guest arrays. That's right, it's guest arrays time. That's right, it's time for Guess the Race. Mm-hmm. The number one game show going across all the podcast land. We read and play news articles from all over the globe. And we ask our contestant today, Chris Lambert, for the Mundane Festival podcast to guess the race. And the chat room plays along. And they're racist. Very. Um, an Ohio mother attacked her son with a knife following an argument over pork chops. <laughs> Uh, an Ohio mother attacked their teenage son with a knife after an argument about pork chops, cops say. 
Yolanda Veasley, 57, allegedly became angry when she found that three of four pack, packaged pork chop meals were missing and that her son allowed a lot about them. The teen told Dayton cops that Veasley had been drinking. He tried to run because I had knives coming at my face. The station reported police said that a long, a foot long knife hit him in the thumb, cutting it open and the cut would require stitches. Veasley told cops that she threw the knife after he had knocked her down. When an officer told her that doesn't justify what she did, she said, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Veasley was booked on suspicion of felonious assault. Guess the race of Yolanda Veasley. I'm going to go black. Hmm. Chris going with black coming right out the box. Let's see what's going on in the chat room. Blacker than titty boy's lips. It's black rock. Wow. Oh my. Oh, ouch. True. Oh my God. Uh, I don't, I know better than to get between a nigra and a pork, says Joe Spacely. <clears throat> She's been drinking black, white, Jesus pig feet and grape soda, black. <laughs> That's HC. This is a, <laughs> the chat room make the show work man this is a nigger crime angry black mama oh swan is fine black black and the cory holcomb and the murphy brothers in a mine shaft two black over poke chops that's easy one who matches red kool-aid with their swine black one oh who God. doesn't wash as much as whites black <laughs> yeah sorry about that chris i know your naya rivera crush is all oh fucked up just sweet, Chris. <laughs> All right, here, here we go. The correct answer yes, is. is, and Chris, you got it right. Black. Black. Yeah. One person did miss it. One person, person guessed right. right. They were going against the grain. <laughs> Suck it up. The crowd hated that. Um, I'll find a picture. Y'all have to see the picture in the chat room. uh, Y'all won't be able to really enjoy it. That pick. Shout out to uh, the search engine for always switching to fucking Yahoo when I don't want it to. I had to switch it back again. Yeah. I'll show you how to change that. I figured out how to permanently do that. What did Naya Rivera say? She doesn't wash like a couple times a day? No, she says... She washes herself once uh every like a couple times a week and that washing yourself um more than that must be a white thing to wash yourself every day. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's really not something we can defend, Chris. And I mean that trick be dancing for the shows and shit. I mean Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no. I forgot no. about that. She's all funky. Yeah. Just, yeah, she did the one. She accomplished the one thing I thought I'd never do. Make me feel bad for Big Sean. That be, that's why he's with Ariana Grande. She watches herself. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, and that pick of her. Oh, my gosh. No that's, hell. That's well, it's hilarious, a, It sounds like she gave him a pork chop.
Uh, <laughs> next article. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you say that trick me down. Boners. Oh, wait. No, I don't want to read that one. Hold on. That one probably be long and shit. Oh, here's one. Let's see. uh, I'm sure Nancy Grace would not appreciate this guy. A dad sends a toddler to school with a Tupperware box full of cocaine. Damn. (laughs) Not a Tupperware box? A Tupperware box. God damn. What? (laughs) He, he, he. They walk in there going, uh, where's the cookies I made for, uh, what you call it, uh, birthday party? Uh, cookies, was it in that Tupperware box? Kids gonna be excited that day at show and tell. What? A young father got mixed up when he was getting his toddler ready for school and he sent the child off with the wrong rucksack. Yep. That's why you gotta have a woman in the house. And that's why you better check in there and look. Let's make a hell of a rom-com though. You got the crack. A single father who just keeps getting things confused. Uh, sadly for Lee Webb, 23, the rucksack contained a drug dealer's kit, a Tupperware box full with co- filled with cocaine, banned stimulant mephedrone, as well as drug paraphernalia such as scales. S- staff at Smarty Pants n- Nursery <laughs> Smarty Pants. <laughs> immediately alerted police who took possession of the powder, a spoon, and two knives. Oh, shit. Maybe that's his street name. Two knives. The father of two, Webb, a tree surgeon. Tree surgeon? What? That's a thing. Apparently so. Out there, he's saving them trees one tree at a time. <laughs> right. A tree surgeon. No tree will lose its bark. <laughs> right. That, that, I'm, watch. I'm telling you, Chris. Right. We got three-fourths of a rom-com right here. Yep. A single father who's a tree surgeon. And he has to sell drugs to keep his kids in private could school. You, could you imagine him going and like checking on his patients? I see you lost a few, mm-hmm. a few leaves there. We, I'm, I, I would not deal with this. All we need is a, like a quirky chick with purple hair and glasses that works at a bookstore to like it, fix it this. Sounds, it sounds like an edgy Wes Anderson movie. Mm-hmm. And, do, and, 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 and do you think uh, whenever his patients come in, you know how women got to go get their annuals, he take that thing, like, drill the holes and pull it out to see how old it yeah. is. It's like, oh, no. Oh, oh no. Termites. Oh. No. Don't worry. We can fix this. Um, It's terminal. Stage four termites. Ah! Uh, so, uh. I told you to stop mating with the tree next door. Father of two, Webb, a tree surgeon, admitted to possessing class, e, class A and class B drugs and was jailed, and was jailed for four years. Judge James O'Mahony, O'Mahony, uh, told him, you sent your three-year-old son to nursery with a rucksack containing a significant quantity of class A and B, class B drugs. In effect, you sent your son there with a drug dealer's kit. Your stupidity put children at risk, and I consider the potential exposure to children of these drugs is so serious, only an immediate custodial sentence can be justified. Well, damn, I didn't know drugs was class. Um, yeah. Uh, so, guess the race of Mr. Lee Webb. Yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go white on this one. Alright, let's check the chat room and see what they believe. Um, let's see here. Uh, white, cause a black father would have let the baby catch that case. Hey man, <laughs> put the case in your baby name. That's, that's how, that's how you get your, that's how you also get your cable for free. He put, he treats his crack like it's Columbia House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put it in his baby name. 
get the case and the crack for free white it gets no whiter than tree surgeon gainfully employed man taking care of his child white white in his, in their life and loves nature white white because the father was there in the first place one who has so much privilege he just leaves cocaine laying around white white as the cocoa he's in love with caping up for them trees equal white white as the snow outside my window the correct answer is white yes all right And uh, I'll put his picture up there. And let's go to the bonus round. Double the points and the race. Double the points and the race. That's right, guys. It's time for double the points, double the race, and the bonus round to guess the race. So far, Chris is two for two. And going to see if he can finish it out with a perfect record today. You know, his racism has always been on point. It's one of the reasons he's voted the favorite guest. Um, let's see. How about, uh, oh, nah, uh, where is this one? Uh, okay. How about this one? A elderly man tried to set his wife on fire. Well, his mistress on fire. For telling his wife about their affair. <laughs> Bitch don't know her place. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a side fire. Right. Uh, he told me, you, you decide, chick, not the main chick. Right. Bro. Know your place. Oh, um, man, I can't get this thing to play. All right, let me just read it. Um, a 79-year-old man on Saturday was... Uh, was a baton rouge a baton rouge uh he was uh, arrested um for allegedly trying to set his longtime mistress on fire and uh, for revealing their affair suspect carlos garrido long time mistress I mean, yeah. she, I mean she been there for a very long time i mean he's 79 so like if that's his mistress like he been fucking her for a while yes you know what i mean like that like that's a whole coordinated like and he probably been pro- promising her for years he gonna leave his wife and she was like fuck it you ain't gonna leave right she's like you know what man you, you know what fuck it just burn me <laughs> um so he is charged with attempted second degree murder he is being held on $75,000 bond uh according to police reports Garrido poured a flammable liquid on the woman and tried to use a lighter to set her on fire well damn yep um hold on let me see if i can fix this uh, thing real quick um fix it back to google there All we right. go um you have to never mind what what happened yeah you have to uncheck some other stuff else it's gonna go back but you can fix that later oh okay all right um but uh yeah i'm trying to find a good picture of him and all the pictures i keep finding uh are pictures of some soccer player or some shit that got the same name so it's like i can't even find a good picture of carlos garrido so we could get his race um but uh yeah it says uh he also allegedly tackled the woman when she tried to avoid him however the woman got away and was able to reach someone who could notify the authorities 
he allegedly advised police that he was trying to kill the woman for telling his wife about the affair which they had been carrying on for several years um maybe if i put fire <laughs> carlos garrido fire <laughs> in the google maybe bring his picture up Son oh, of a bitch. Oh, oh that, that that dude got fired so he still came up <laughs> God damn it. it's over there on the right hand side far right hand side oh, okay all right okay. all right so chris guess the race of carlos garrido like, like mexican latin latino latino descent latin all right all right let's check the chat room see what they believe um she begged him to use water from his back to put out the fire oh, oh my god but he insisted on lighting the pussy up light the pussy up light the pussy up latino caliente latino hispanic chalupa latino dorito latino Torito, huh? uh, Taco Supremo. His tamale wasn't the only fiery spice he was given. Ah! Hot tamale and burrito king. Karen, what is the race of uh, Carlos Garrido? You know what? That that that's an old Latin man. An old Latin man, which gives game set match to Chris. And everyone in the chat room as well. I would have went with white, but Karen is the expert on racism around here, guys. Yeah, he's just a really, really light Latin man. Yeah. Lit his mistress up. Um, so uh let's do our last segment. Gotta talk about sword ratchetness, people. <laughs> this will be happening, Chris. Gotta be safe in them streets. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. How about this one? A sword wielding man was shot dead in Coleman County. Um, <laughs> Don't bring a sword to a gunfight. By, by the deputies. Oh, them deputies like no, 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 no. A fifty-one-year-old man was armed, who was armed with a sword when he was shot and killed by the Coleman County deputy on Saturday. The man has been identified as Darren Robert Kendron. At two thirty p.m. Saturday, police responded to a call. Um, Kendron was who had injured himself when he became uncooperative, and they requested backup from the sheriff's office. Two deputies responded at two forty-six. Shortly afterwards, Kendron broke loose from the medical personnel and went inside the house. When he came back outside, he was armed with a sword. He ran towards the deputies. They warned him to stop several times. When he drew near, they tried to use a taser. It was not effective. Oh, he was on drugs. And he continued advancing towards the deputies. One of them fired several shots at Kendron. The Alabama Bureau of Investigation is leading the investigation, which is ongoing. Multiple witnesses were on the scene, and both deputies were wearing body cameras. Investigators are reviewing the deputy statements, witness statements, and video footage. Both deputies whose names have not been released are on paid administrative leave pending the outcome of the investigation. So it must have been a white dude they shot, because that's a lot of details. Black people, you don't even got to explain. Mm-mm. It's like you just show up like, why'd you shoot him? He was black! Come on, man! Jesus! Ah, so a lot of questions <laughs> shoot a white dude it's like well what state of mind was he in did you tase him first uh how long was he uh did you try to talk to him you got steps and procedures right. you got to follow black people like there's a nigga with a sword out 
I mean, it was a nigga with a wallet. Of course I did. <laughs> right. How dare you question me? Turn my back on you. I got a family to go home to after this. <laughs> right. He was black, and it was it was at night. There was a lot going on. Um. All right, man. Make sure you check out Chris. Uh, the Mundane Festival is his podcast. Yes. ChrisLambert.com is his website. Chris Lambert is his Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, man, you got any upcoming dates, man? Yeah, I got a, a big show in uh, Pittsfield, Massachusetts. I'm going to be a part of the the 10 by 10 uh, what is downtown arts up. What the fuck is the name of this thing? I'm sorry, guys. It's all right. I'm going to be at the I'm going to be at the uh, Whitney Center for the Arts in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. I'm headlining the show. And it's going to be a good time. It's on Friday, February 13th. Boom. So if yeah, if you're in that area, get a get a lady or your side piece and uh, take her to the Berkshires and get some laughs. Get some of these jokes, young. Yeah, don't set them on fire. Take them to the, to the joke factory, man. Go out there and yeah. have some fun with Chris, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, Pittsburgh, Massachusetts, so if you're in that area, man, I suggest you make the trip. We made a trip to see Chris. He's hilarious. He's very funny. Yeah, I would have went to see you uh this uh this Christmas holiday, but uh my family's out here. But yeah, we were, I I was contemplating making the trip anyway, man. Mm-hmm. How far is that from you guys? Uh, about three three and a half hours, was, something like that. I'll probably be hopefully uh sometime this year. I'll probably be back down there. That's we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Yeah, okay. no no doubt. We're definitely gonna be there, man. We'll go- We'll go to Zaxby's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How good is that? Now, how good is that to you guys? It's all right. I mean, for me personally, I think uh, my personal preference is Bojangles number one. But uh, like, I I don't know if I would go to Hooters anymore if I if I had a Zaxby's near me. Oh yeah, I don't really fuck with Hooters anyway. So yeah. Where else can you get wings though? People people don't like Hooters. Any like. any sports bar. I'll go to like there's always some sports bar that got good wings. You just gotta ask around. Yep, and know where they are. Yeah. Like I Hooters is like the reason I think people go to Hooters is cause like it's consistent. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what city you're in, it always tastes the same. But to me their food is shitty and overpriced. Right. And you just go in there for titties and I don't care yeah. about titties. And honestly, man, if I want to see some titties, I I need to see like right, cause you ain't got no I'd rather go to a strip club or something. I I just get take when I go there I get takeout like I don't yeah. you know I don't really I'm like ooh yeah you I, know I think that's a consistency thing right? yeah but yeah it's it's just it's overpriced to me you can always find a local bar that costs less correct but I heard it was a good bar in my neighborhood but I heard it was really racist oh yeah well you know they don't know that till you pick up the chicken so that's true you can always ah, you just gonna call it in to go right ain't nothing like some food with some good racism on the side the better the racism the better food. Yeah, it's well, you know, like I used to, like there used to be a, when I was in undergrad, we had a sheet, you know, the made-to-order sandwich places, mm-hmm. and uh, and like it was in Thurmont, Maryland, which was like Klan country, and you'd go in there and like they'd see you order the sandwich, but it's like they were really racist, mm-hmm. but they had to make the sandwich because like she had to make the sandwich for me because she had pride in herself. And in mm-hmm. her work, so the sandwich had to be dope, because like the, their sandwiches are like really good. Um, but I think they kind of fell off. I'm feeling. You ever feel kind of sad that you think some one of your favorite chains is kind of falling off? 
Uh, yeah, or, definitely. That's mm-hmm. like that's actually when you know that you're like officially a fat person. Like the first yeah. time that you yeah. that you have like an emotional attachment to the quality of okay. someone else's establishment. Right. Like, yeah, you know, for a long time, uh, I used to get emails from Cadova. Um, so it was almost like me and Kadoa was in a relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, you know, we got buy one get one free. Right. Hey, you know, we got fifty percent off. It's a rainy day. Just thinking about you. Yes, it, it, it started drizzling. I've been looking for that email. I'm like, come on, come right. on, send that email out. Like I, I knew it was a problem the first time I got mad at them when it rained and they didn't send the rainy day email out. Me too. Okay, I thought I was the only one. I was like, oh, so just fuck me. You, you, you emailing your other bitches then? Is that what it is, Kadova? <laughs> Think you're hungry now. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so do you think is is Cadoba better than Chipotle? Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not even close anymore. Yeah. Like wow. they, they they changed it to uh you can get free everything's free. Free yeah, all the upgrades on your mm-hmm. on your burrito you know, is free, free now. So free guac, you know, yeah. everybody tries like a dollar, dollar, fifty, dollar, sixty, like extra for guac. Yeah, and then the other reason it was never really on the same level to me in the first place. Uh queso. So, that queso, then they got that Diablo queso this Right. Once the they chain. once they did the Diablo queso I was in love. The game was a wrap, man. Like I like I remember that day, man. I walked in there. And I said, uh, yeah, we made the Diablo queso permanent. And I did the, the, the Super Bowl shuffle up in that motherfucker, dog. I was like, I'm about to get this every time. Right. Cause I was hot when they first did it. They was like, yeah, pick your favorite queso. They had like three quesos. Yeah. We had that Diablo. I was like, that's it. They was like, um, we're going to take it away. I went in one day, ordered that shit with there. I was this, I was looking at them hurt. My heart was hurt. Like, what, what, what you mean? It ain't, um, to mean you. Now I trust you guys' opinion, but is this the consensus on Black Twitter? I don't know. I, first of all, <laughs> I have never known or gave a fuck about what Black Twitter has to say about some shit. I know, but like, like it's, I, it's not like I be checking like because the opinions to be mm, everywhere. This burrito is delicious. Let me check in with Black Twitter to get this validated. Like I don't, you know, you know some people going like, nah, fuck that. It's some better shit in my town. I'm sure. Okay, let me concede. Now let's break this down. I know you guys got to go. No, that's all right. No, we good. But break this down, like, okay, because I would see people, I would see people talk about Zaxby's all the time. Right. And I was like, well, I gotta try it. And I guess since you guys live in the South, and like, I talked to Fonte about it, like, I was like, I'm about to go to Zaxby's. I was like, how is it? He was like, man, I ain't really no chicken tender nigga like that, but mm-hmm. I guess it's all right. And then, like, some people, because you guys are maybe used to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, for me, it's like, uh, like I'm like a, from National Geographic and I'm going to try this. Like I went there and I was like, this is my first time here. And it was like this middle-aged white guy that looked like Wilford Brimley. And I was excited <laughs> and I was like, hey, I don't, like, I don't know what to get. And he just like turned his back on me. <laughs> I thought he was like being a dick, but he turned, when he turned around, he had one chicken tender in a basket and he handed it to me like he was handing me the Holy Grail. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I tasted this chicken tender and I was like oh my god I'm getting this <laughs> and, and it was really good and it, like the Zach sauce was good the the fries had Old Bay on it and you yeah. know like you're in the south or you're in like a coastal area when they just know to put Old Bay on your shit mm. like just and I, yeah I it was, ain't I mean I, look I'm not saying is uh 
bad it's just not the be all end all for me like what i think chicken i don't, I don't think, think them first no. they might be top three uh, to five for me somewhere around there yeah and and my thing is like i i really never had a chicken chicken you mm. know it's no like chicken tenders you know maybe chicken sandwich but like chicken with the bones yeah no. So Bojangles is is the best to, to yeah. you guys. Yeah, nice. Yeah, because we yeah, cause we down south and we've had Popeyes, but the, I don't know the Popeyes here. I don't know, man. I've had Popeyes like five times now. Um, I, I'm just I'm ready to just say I I don't get it. I don't I don't get why it's so much better. Yeah, and everybody to everybody says it. I tried it so many different ways now i went and did the two-piece spicy i did everything yeah, that Popeyes was not i was good. told to do and i did it more than once <laughs> and the shit just it did not click for me Mm-mm. uh i would rather have bojangles after that probably chick-fil-a um then it's a toss-up between zaxi's and popeyes man i'm sorry yeah. everybody and everybody says like if you get popeyes like in louisiana everybody says like completely different okay. experience yeah but it's just one of those things where you know I, I used to get mad when she would come on with them commercials because she'd be like louisiana fast I'm like fuck you bitch you ain't here and then she came right. here and i'm like um that's not first of all right? she never says louisiana fast that's what the car says Oh. She just comes ah. out from the back and lies to you about how she made that food. Right. She's like, mmm, my new salt and pepper shrimp has old bay spices on it and eleven uh blends of herbs. You're like, did you really did you make really? that? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're not at the you're not back in the back at the Popeyes. Like I, I feel, go to. I feel like I'm gonna see her also auditioning for other parts and shit, and then I'm gonna be like, she's just an actress, you lying bitch. <laughs> You lied to me. She, she convinced me. And then KFC countered with showing the black guy making the biscuits. Yeah, that one's that one is yeah. the best, most racist, but but also most good commercial. Yeah, KFC got to be at the bottom of the list because I don't know who told KFC that that fried chicken is fried chicken. That chicken ain't crunchy. That chicken, no, that's not fried chicken. Uh, yeah, I think uh, like I think the KFC commercial with the black dude is so good because black people don't even fuck with kfc like that so it's like mm-hmm. we know no nigga is making this like why you got a lot of us no yeah. black person has touched that chicken since y'all stole the recipe from them slaves mm-hmm. i do them size but i that chicken Mm-mm. now i got one more southern place to talk about what about cookout oh no i fuck with cookout I man like cookout. my girl uh deidre swears by it uh, but I like cookout, man. But it's it's also none of them are in convenient locations. I don't know if that's right. the rule. Like, uh, they don't have them anymore. But checkers used to be like that too. Yeah, it's yeah. like checkers. yeah, it's like I oh, I w- checkers. It's like I want checkers. Now, how do we get the one? All right, man. We got to go all the way up seventy four, which is about forty five minutes away. Yeah, oh, shit. it's a one way street. Right uh, now, look, it's gonna be some niggas yeah. on the corner, so don't get out the car. Like you need to, like you knew checkers was good because checkers didn't have an inside, right? Yeah. Like that's how you but it know. Would always be packed. It, like checkers had the same design as the crack house. Like yes, it did. Keep it moving. <laughs> it was no. It's hand to hand. Keep it moving. Cash only. Cash only. <laughs> like that shit was so crazy. Like I remember when they got the credit card machine, being like, damn, finally. Like everybody yeah. else had been had the debit in the credit machine, like. Checkers was like, nigga, that ain't two fifteen. You gotta go ahead and get out of here. 
Yeah, and then, and the thing about the checkers, the checkers was the crack house because you had like three people in there. You had one person do frying one thing, one mm-hmm. person on the grill, and you had one person doing the cash. Yep. And you know they were probably all butt cheeks together in this little square box. Well, checkers always treat you like you go, treat you like you gonna rob them. <laughs> yeah, they did. I was like, yeah, man, let me get a let me get a double cheeseburger with some fries and some. Hold on, same time, nigga. Hold on. Not yet. <laughs> I could I could only take one note at a time. You talking a little too fast now. You might you might get cussed out across that speaker. <laughs> checkers, man. I, I miss, miss that place. We did so that. We don't have checkers or rallies. We don't have I, rallies. I never had never yeah, had the rallies, we, but we no. do have we do have checkers. But well, no, we're out of checkers now. They won't. We don't have them anymore. But when we used to have them, that was the other thing. I don't know how how were they supposed to stay in business? Because like. I've never spent more than five dollars at Checkers, and we have is an ass load of food. Gentrification down there or something? Say that again. The Checkers is almost always in the hood. Is it, it is. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Charlotte or yeah, it was in the hood in Charlotte too. We had we had yeah. It, it was in the hood in Fayetteville, Merchant Road. Yeah, yeah. It was right. over off of Woodlawn by uh, the projects I uh, grew up in a little bit at mm-hmm. Roseland. I miss that place. If they still open, I I wish I knew well because. Nah, there. ain't no mm-hmm. more checkers around, dog. But yeah, them checkers, dog. Shit, man. Listen, and then the thing is, it, when you get your food, you be driving away like y'all really did rob somebody. Cause like right. it's it's like you so happy you could complete that mission. You're like we ain't get robbed. Wasn't no straight bullets. We, we got ain't get held up. I guess, dog. You know, fries oh. in the frozen, you know, potatoes that you know, frozen food section. What checkers fries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, nah, nah, it can't be the same. Can't yeah. be. That's not bad, man. It's not bad. If you well, you put it in the oven. Yeah, you put them in the oven. Nah, no, no, no. That's like PF chain. Somebody, we got plastic. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, that's like strip club. That's like strip club where the women wear those tassels. <laughs> man, just not, like I appreciate what you. I appreciate the effort no, you try- of trying to show some titty, but come on, guys. Mm-mm. If you ain't pulling it fresh out that grease, trying to clock my arteries, what is we talking about? Yeah, dog. It's something about the adrenaline. Plus, if I'm not in the frozen food aisle, thinking I'm about to get stuck up, the adrenaline rush not even there. <laughs> it ain't. It ain't. It ain't the same. It's part of it. Part of it. Part of the experience of checkers is looking at shady niggas. Like, is he gonna rob? Us, or is he just coming to get something to eat? You need to look out when you go. Like, look, look, look. You you look on the front side. You right. look on the back side, and then you gotta have a driver. Right. If I don't hear like the same amount of gunshots at a Chris Brown concert in the background, ah! then I'm not interested in your checkers. I'm sorry. I found out Biggie died at Checkers. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Fucking Biggie died at che- different Checkers. Different Checkers. We thought it was East Coast West Coast beef. It was just Checkers beef. I just, I mean, that's just like where I found out. Like, it's oh, is he gonna come out? Is his album still gonna come out? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was like, oh, he's dead. Oh man, let me get a double uh, with. Yeah. <laughs> I need to eat away this pain, dog. Let me just. I like I didn't know him. Right. I never turned the biggie up and shit. I never even ordered. <laughs> I just realized, like, I've never even customized the order at Checkers. Now that mm-hmm. I think about it. Like, I've never even hit the, like, extra pickles or no onions. Mm-hmm. Or it's how it came. Extra cheese. Like, it didn't even matter, dog. Like, it was all crap. They were made crack. to order, though. They are made to order. 
yeah they are yeah they right. make it to order you gotta wait on it right so that's yeah. so that's why i said you got to have a lookout because it's like a little small box in the corner back in the back right. and you afraid somebody just walk up and rob and go rob the place and then you everybody sitting out there waiting five minutes for every for your order to cook so everybody hoping don't know but no no crackhead knock on their door talking about you got two dollars you're like no beat it oh man yeah. that damn I, they must like drench everything in msg like of course it, it doesn't make sense it just doesn't make sense man i was a college student i didn't even have money mm-hmm. and i would have my ass up there checkers like scraping together like 95 cent and shit like what? uh so this would give me a junior burger right 95 cent no cheese there no cheese whatever it takes i suck your dick like <laughs> like 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 a boss <laughs> but uh, make sure you check out chris monday festival please do uh, y'all podcast and uh you know also on twitter at chris lambert um uh, and uh you know sometimes you see him on three guys on sometimes he'll be on with jl covan talking about movies it's getting about to be about that time of the year mm-hmm. yeah, actually so, uh, he booked me for saturday we're actually doing a movie re- movie episode and then one about uh rap music okay yeah hey man that um joke you made on three guys on about 12 years of boy for boyhood man that cracked me up man oh 12 years of what Dude, I don't. White people are treating that movie like it's just. I don't know what that is. Like that. That has to be like, like how Malcolm X was so great for us. Yeah. That I don't know what that is to them. It's just. Yeah, Selma not winning, dog. Everybody need to prepare themselves for that because I don't think Selma gonna win. I I don't be disappointed. Black people, you talk about Black Twitter, then Black Twitter will be mad about that. Yeah, like no, no, none of them. They <laughs> black Twitter didn't. Well, I can't say that, but most of us did watch. I I think the people that I follow on Twitter kind of watch everything for the most part. Yeah, and uh, Selma's uh, it came out to look like Christmas time, so I don't. I'm not hearing that many reactions on it yet, but. Mm-hmm. That's a it's a it's really fucking good. People I respect like Selma a lot. I haven't seen it yet, but all the people I respect their opinion on movies, yeah, really like that movie and think it should be uh, up for awards and possibly win some awards. Yeah, and yet uh, except JL Covan, but you know I don't really respect. Well, you know JL Sice like this motherfucker. Like he he I heard I listened to his podcast right. He was like, I, I saw Boyhood, and this must be the white side of him. But he was yeah. just like, he was like, I, I, I bought it, and on Amazon Prime, and it was, it was great. <laughs> it, I, I enjoyed it. It always comes out when he talks about uh, movies, awards. He always goes to the white side. Remember when he he cites that Tom Hanks last year? Well, I kind of cited it a little bit too. Cause yeah, was, but come on, dog. It didn't even get nominated, dog. It wasn't no fucking movie of the year or <laughs> performance of the year. Come on, bro. You saw, you saw the no, well. Look, I thought. Okay, this is how I break. It. I saw, I saw, Tom. Shit, what the fuck? I saw. Uh, how did it go? I saw Captain Phillips and and Twelve Years a Slave in the same night. Mm. And when I saw Captain Phillips, I was like, okay, Tom Hanks is good in this shit. But that last five minutes, I was like, oh shit, this nigga going. He's going to take Chiwetel's Oscar. Yeah. And then who ended up getting the shit? Like I don't even remember who got the. Who what, got wasn't it, it uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey? McConaughey got the shit because he played a yeah, gay. He, he played a. Nah, he wasn't gay, but he had AIDS. Yeah, he lost all that weight. Yeah, mm-hmm. AIDS. That's and how you he did it. A, you make a transformation and you get AIDS. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're not, you, you can't, there's no stopping. Yep. I thought Leo should have won the shit. I did too. I did too. Because I never saw him rock apart like that. Because you got to see him, you know, like, and I, I always say, like, I'm surprised a lot of rappers didn't use his, any of his speeches on their mixtapes. Because the way he was going in, he went in on that level. And then the comedy, the comedy part, like when he's get, trying to get into the Lambo. And he's like, you know, you didn't really see him open up like that before. Right. And yeah, I thought, it was amazing. I, I couldn't believe he got, I thought he got played, man. Like, I really yeah. did. But, like, uh. I was rooting for him like he was black. Yeah, I was too, mm-hmm. man. I mean, they passed him up for Django a couple years ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's got to be one of the best, like, within the last, since, you know, um, Heath Ledger's Joker, I would say, you got Leo's Candy, and you got some other people too. Like, shit, I'll even say Theory of Everything. That dude that played uh, um, Stephen Hawking is mm-hmm. like he's basically the uh, like a he basically played a dark skinned dude in a Tyler Perry movie because that's who he was. Like he was an asshole, right? And he like he after his wife you know helped him and shit, wiped his ass. And then he just leaves her for the nurse. Well, yeah. I didn't. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. When I saw Tom Hanks wasn't even nominated, I fist pumped because I was like, "Damn, JL had me scared." JL really did siphon because he yeah. was like, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's like Larry Bird beating Jordan or whatever, whatever." Right. Yeah, I but, saw that. I saw that movie after he had hyped it up, and I was like, "Nah." <laughs> like, I was, like, like, like he had a he had a he had a Boston a Massachusetts accent, and yeah. then he cried at the end. Like I was like, that's it. Like I don't I didn't know what I don't know, man. I didn't that, see it. That scene was like I was like, oh shit, that got me nervous. But yeah. I mean, boyhood, he, he cried. You know? He cried. You know what I'm saying? That's that wasn't fucking with Leo on any level. I, like I like this year like. Boyhood's taking everything because this yeah. is just white people love that boyhood, man. I don't get it, young. I don't. They love it's... it. Oh my god. Yeah. So maybe JL will be right this year. We'll see. Um. I... But uh, yeah, man. But a lot of people whose opinions I respect on the movies and shit, man. They uh, you know, they really uh like Boyhood. I mean, they really like Selma. Selma's great. Like I've never seen black people look so good on screen. Yeah, like, I mean, even though they were getting the shit kicked out of them, like it looked, they looked so good. Like that guy, uh, Bradford Young, he shot Pariah. Mm-hmm. He shot Ain't Them Body Saints with uh, Casey Affleck and uh, what's the girl with the dragon tattoo? Mm-hmm. Uh, American version. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Yuma was uh, uh, Uni something or uh, Rooney Mara. Rooney yeah, Mara. Rooney. There you go. And then this really, if you really want to feel bad, like this movie called Restless City. I don't even know if it's, it's probably, if it's not on Netflix streaming, it's, you can get it on the disc. But like, I'm like just how black people look on film, just aesthetically, just mm-hmm. like really, really beautiful. And it's just, I, it's, it, over the test of time, like that could be as epic as Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Because it showed, like, it showed MLK, like, as being a human. Not just, like, the Coretta Scott, the Coretta scenes, but just, like, 
some I think Brandon Collins uh, mentioned like on a podcast like he's hanging out eating chicken, eating food with his friends. Right. It's like, like, oh, this guy's this guy's like a, a that he walked the earth. You know, I almost wish he had like a movie that didn't belong in there. Like he also shot "Let's Be Cops," you know, <laughs> like just something to fuck up the, yeah. the whole program. I you did y'all see that movie yet? Let's uh, be I got it in my mm-hmm. DVD player. I watch it when I edit podcasts right now. So yeah, yeah, it's it's all right, but it just it was kind of bad timing. It was that. extremely it, bad timing. Police was had a bad year. Because I think I read, I think you might have tweeted or somebody was like, if you see Lesby Cops in this comment. (laughs) No, I didn't didn't tweet that. I just said, I think I said something like, um, it's a damn shame, (laughs) basically, what happened to Damon Wayans Jr., bro. Because, like, nobody going to see that shit. Mm -hmm. I was like, who, I said, who got the balls to walk up to the ticket taker and say, two for Lesby Cops? out loud two of them that's, nobody that's the magic johnson theater what motherfucker right. oh, but it, you know it has some moments in that joint and like if you saw the shit you'd be like all right okay yeah i, I, I mean I, I marked it down to watch it like i'm gonna watch this um it's kind of like it's my um it's my the interview you know what i'm saying well, like yeah. how white people felt about the interview uh-huh. And I was like, I'm going to watch this because this is a, a tragedy. Like I said, I'm going to watch Damon Wayans in a Damon Wayans Jr. in the starring role because it's a tragedy what happened to him. Do white do white people watch the interview like black people watch Fruitvale Station? Yeah, they watch that shit like we watch. Like that's their Selma this year. Like they, oh, like they really lined up. Like you not a patriot if you don't go see this C minus right. movie. You're not American. Right. Because that was gonna be the joint, like to be honest with you, like I saw the trailers for it and they were sicing it mm-hmm. before the drama and, and I was like I mean, I'm a like I knew I was gonna be like on the road. I was like, Okay, I'll probably fuck with that, you know, while I'm on vacation. I'll 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 see it. But it wasn't like, Oh, I got to see this shit. Mm-mm. But then like I when I saw it I was like I watched it on demand. I was like, all right. <laughs> it was, man, it's like a C minus movie to me. Like, you know what sucked about that movie the most is where the fuck were their cast of friends? That's the thing that makes all their movies better. When Craig, when Craig Robinson shows up, mm-hmm. when, um, dude that uh, plays Kenny Powers, um, fuck is that dude's name? Shit. Why man. am I blanking on his name right now? Danny, Danny McBride. When yeah. Danny McBride shows up, um, even um uh the fat kid from 21 jump street um yeah that dude like though when they show up man it's like cool they they might have a bit part you know a small part in the movie but they normally like liven it up with a cameo or something channing tatum was in um one of their movies in the cameo like those are the things that make them so dope and then to do two hours of a movie with none of that yeah they they it almost seemed like a side thing, and and I was listening to what's what's my my people that uh, they can get kind of pretentious sometimes. The slash film, slash cast, film, I, oh yeah. They was talking about how one of the guys was talking about how they have this formula, like this homoerotic thing, yeah. This slow motion shot with the hip hop transition. It's like this formula that they keep like doing over and over and, and over again. Which yeah. I'm not opposed to. 
but you gotta you gotta still make a good movie around it. you can't just put the bones of it there hey right. slow motion hip-hop scene hey home like homoerotic joke like hey we almost kissed or look at me i you know hey man come smell my dick or whatever it's like it's like okay man we get it y'all aren't gay but y'all are really comfortable and y'all do gay like shit for the thousandth time throw kurt like if craig robinson played the guy at the cia Mm -hmm. instead instead of i think it was zoe dachanel who's barely in the movie or whatever Uh, that was um Damn, what's wrong with me? I'm getting, I can't get my white girl. Yeah, right. I can't believe this. You let what's, me down. Nah, we're going to get this before we cut <laughs> off. We're going to fix this problem. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Janet Ian from, from Mean Girls, young. Like, there you like, go. You got to get, you got to get, but that ain't her real, that's not the, oh, her real name. They all look the same to me. I'm not going to lie. They, Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. I can't tell the difference ah, between one ah, white. The ooh. only white girl that I truly can tell the difference right now is um, Emma Watson and uh, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. I can tell both of them when I see them, but the rest of them, I don't know. Your, your, Lizzie Kaplan? Is that yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. Lizzie yeah. Kaplan. Your guess is good as mine. Um, Yeah, so, so, but the thing is, though, instead of Lizzie Kaplan, if that's like Danny McBride as the CIA dude, yeah. Like at least we get some comedy because they basically took her character and made it not funny at all. Because I don't yeah. think they're really good at writing women anyway. Okay. Um, oh shit. Yeah. Nope. You know. Um. So they just kind of made it not that funny, man. And then one of the things that really rubbed me wrong, man, a huge part of their joke was just like, let's do Asian accents mm. and laugh at how Asian people speak English, and that's the laziest fucking joke now. There's this yeah. really good article about there's a new show on um Yes. Fresh off Fresh the off boat. the boat. I wanna watch that actually. And mm. then the guy did you read the article? Uh I'd saved it to read later, but I I saw a couple articles. Trying to get the guy's name that made like and he's talking about how like kinda like goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. Like how he's tr- they they take his book, they buy his book to make a sitcom out of it. And he was talking about the struggle of making the show and how he felt about it and how he felt about it towards the end. Like, and it, it's really good. Like, yeah. and it, it, it essentially relates to. It's, it's like, it's like Larry Wilmore with Blackish. Like, yeah. And in, in, if that was Tyler Perry presents Black, Blackish, I wouldn't have watched it for a second. Oh, no, yeah. I wouldn't have either. But like, I know a lot of people just didn't like the name Blackish and all this stuff. But as soon as I saw Larry Wilmore was attached to it in any way, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. Like, because yeah, he has integrity. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I've heard the thing about Fresh Off the Boat. Like, um, like I have an Asian friend, uh, Chris. Oh, and man. I was like, <laughs> he, we were talking about Blackish. Uh, and he was like, yeah, man. I was like, you know, uh, my wife was nervous about it, but it's really good. It really represents. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that, uh, you know, I'm glad that there's a good black comedy out there. He's like, yeah, man, it's really funny, man. I was like, yep. I was like, so, uh, fresh off the boat, man. You, uh, you excited or you was like, I don't know, man. It's probably going to be racist. I don't, I don't want to watch it. I'm like, nah, man, we both going to watch it. Like, yeah. I'm going to support I'm, you. If it's whack, we're going to both diss that shit together. Right. But if it's good, man, like, I want to share that experience, man. So we're going to watch it together. Yeah, Eddie Huang. Uh, and it's a, if you Google Eddie Huang, H U A N G, 
and it's a I think it's a Vulture article, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was really good. It's just him him talking about the, you know, that process and the struggle he was going through. I mean, that I was like I was like because I, I get it, I, you know. Yeah, I mean, if it's bad, then it's like the introduction of asian people to that black struggle of having our stories bastardized and okay stripped oh, and having man. our shit stripped out of it to where it's not really us is what white people think about us correct and if it's good then it's like hey man congrats to y'all like y'all got a good show that has some influence on we'll see what happens i don't know what's going on in the writer's room and all that shit but i'm gonna read that article and i just put it i just put put in the skype here. Yeah, and you can put it in the chat room in case everybody wants to read it or whatever, you know. Uh, yeah, let me put it in the chat room for you guys, <laughs> and you guys can uh, check that out. Boom, uh, click that link and save it. Um, all right, man. Uh, oh, and then we got one question. Michelle writes, "How do you guys like Empire? Will you guys do episode recast? It seems to be the type of show to lend itself to it." Uh, one, I don't like the show two i absolutely will not do episode recaps i hadn't seen it yet. um because one it'll probably cross over, over with into. uh walking dead at some right. point and mm-hmm. i'm not gonna be doing both shows at the same time Mm-mm. and more importantly the show is terrible this is not good and i'm never hate recapping the show again i did that shit for y'all for true blood yeah we, and that's it if he don't like it he, i'm out the game yeah he basically <laughs> we don't like it Mm-mm. fuck that man i hated them true blood that's shows miserable to come on here and talk for an hour before we got the true blood man <laughs> right I fucking hated that shit um all right man we'll be back uh saturday with our feedback show uh balls deep will be friday chris man thank you so much for for coming through the show man thanks for having me i appreciate y'all no doubt man uh adam and eve dot oh wait no what was it no uh right best of roddy karen yeah. uh, on uh, itunes and uh, uh as on itunes and Amazon, the best of Roddy Karen, leave it reviews and all that stuff. Until then, I love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah. <laughs>